Okay, hi everybody. This is A7X Fan Ben with God Mason, and this is episode four of the Pirate CSG podcast. And today we're going to be talking about a few different things, but the bulk of the episode is going to be about um, Spanish Main because today we're starting the set review series, which is where we're going to go through each set in chronological order, starting with the first one, and we're going to do a, like a review of the set. So we're going to talk about like what it was about, what was in it, uh, whether we liked it or not, and uh, whether it was a good set or not quite as good, and things like that. And we're also going to go through a lot, not necessarily all, but a lot, and possibly all of the different game pieces that the set contains. So we've been planning that since the first podcast, and uh, so we're pretty excited about it. So we're just going to dive right in with Spanish Main. So this was the first set that came out in 2004, and this is really the set obviously that started it all, and if not for this set and how good this set is and was at the time, um, we probably wouldn't be talking about the game here. So it's pretty important, and one of my favorite things about it is uh, how historical it is. It only had three factions, the Pirates, Spanish, and uh, English, and I like how there weren't like a lot of supernatural and like magical elements and things like that. It really kept to the like late 17th century, like adventuring, like Spanish Main type feel, and there was a lot of there was a lot of really cool things in this set. So, what do you think about the set in general? What would you say is your like opinion of it? Um, well, obviously it has to be a strong set if it I mean cuz it really did get everybody into it. Mm-hmm. The game mechanics were well enough thought out but also uh well enough streamlined so that they could be put into a pack and you could basically open up a single pack with uh who knows, a sibling or a friend and just play a short little game and that would make you want to go, hey, let's buy some more of these. Um, I'd say overall the set, in the context of the rest of the sets released for the game, it still holds up pretty dang well. Yep. Um, ships like El Corazado are, uh, you know, they were really never power crept. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some other ships that are kind of hit or miss, but yeah. even some of the more lackluster ships in this set are uh, still are still good. more than yeah. Like yeah. if you look at a ship like HMS Bell of Exeter, mm-hmm. that's better than a bunch of the junk you'd find in Rise of the Fiends. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's uh, there's a reason really why everybody recommends Spanish Main as a starting point. It's simple enough to. Uh, to grasp easily and you don't have six or seven factions that uh, you can find in packs so you can build fleets easier but it's also got enough good stuff that you're not just going to feel like you're buying a bunch of schlock Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. and i think uh i think this the set has really stood the test of time pretty well because it almost i could understand if somebody would think it's maybe a little boring or a little simple by today's standards i would understand if they thought that but at the same time, it's done really well because there's still a ton of ships from the set, most of them really, that are still viable for gameplay. So, which is really nice because I know other uh, games and things like that, oftentimes, like collectible games, they get like a power creep. And Pirates was kind of weird that mm-hmm. it had like the reverse power creep. But as a result, uh, the old sets are still the classics and pretty much the best ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the most, not entirely, uh, in large part, like the best pieces got less good as the sets kept coming out. But that's mm-hmm. not to say that there aren't still excellent items from later sets. Yeah, of course. Um, sometime 
in this upcoming week, I'm going to post my Rise of the Fiends top 10. And there's some really, really good stuff in Rise yeah, of the Fiends. There's absolutely. not as there's not as much as say in Spanish Main. Yeah. I think towards the end it starts to get like eh, this wouldn't make the list in any other set. Yeah. <laughs> but, I agree with uh, that though. Yeah, there's stuff, there's good stuff in every set. And uh mm-hmm. Spanish Main had good quality overall. But I think it's time to just jump right into it. So we're looking at the uh the checklist on miniature trading right now. Mm-hmm. So we have all the all the ships and crew up. So the first ship number 001 is the Revenant which is one of the better gunships the pirates have. Uh, has a nice ability. Other ships do not block the ship's line of fire. Great cannons, just a classic pirate gunship. And uh, I like how the pirate five masters from this set have uh, two L cannons at the bow and stern rather than in the middle. So it's kind of interesting dynamic because most, uh, most gunships usually have the L range guns in the middle, but these two have them at the front and back which makes it easier to like chase ships and things like that or like a stern chaser type of uh cannon yeah that's um i i think the sort of different range at the uh the uh, bow and stern masts on five mast ships i think that was something that didn't really show up much in later sets yeah i agree yeah whereas like a lot of the time in later sets you just kind of see a there were all three S's or three L's or something like that. Yep. You wouldn't see something like two L, then three two S's, and another two L yeah. the way you see on Revenant. Yeah, I'd say this is it's still a, it's a really pretty looking ship because yeah. we've got the picture up. Mm-hmm. Uh, decent, eh, decent value for points, really, even in uh, today's game climate. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely yeah. good. And then the next ship, the Snipe. This one's okay. L-range cans cannot hit the ship. Nice defensive ability. The problem is with only one mast, it's easier. It's easy to dismast the snipe. Um, this one's decent for like towing a flotilla, in my opinion. But with one cargo space, there's not a lot you can do with the ship uh, for combat or gold running, really. Yeah, not really a gold runner. Limited abilities as a, as a warship. Yeah. And then next we have the Harbinger, which is one of the better gunships in the game, along with the Revenant. Uh, this one is a little more unique. It has the capturing ability where you only any they're like the ship explores and then both ships become docked at your home island. So this is a really cool ability. It's kind of debatable how amazing it is. It's definitely a good one. Uh, some one of the biggest complaints about it is that sometimes uh, depending on the timing, you can kind of take your gunship out of action at the wrong time because it gets warped back to your home mm-hmm. island. But overall, it's still a really really strong ability. And this one has an extra cargo space, too, compared to the Revenant. So it's a really good ship and even a possible hybrid if you wanted to get at least a little bit of gold with it. Yeah, that's true. I'd say that um, this is probably going to show its best in huge games. Yeah. Where just the long game is going to be more important capturing ships than uh, than sinking them. Yep, absolutely. All right, so Zephyr... Uh... One mastered ship, two L movement, uh, five points, a boarding roll bonus. Uh, kind of wasted on a ship that small, I think. Yeah, yeah, not too great. I remember reading. I don't know if it was a review by Wolf or just a comment by him. He talked about how back in the when Spanish Main was the only set, the Zephyr was actually the fastest ship like in existence. Mm-hmm. So that as a result, it was kind of unique from that standpoint. But like this one doesn't uh, stand the test of time as well as some of the larger ships. From this set, but similar to the snipe, with that good base move, it could be a reasonable 
uh, flotilla tug, but other than that, not a lot you can do with the ship. But at least it's cheap. Or one of those proximity explorers. Yeah. You know the yeah. Uh, well, that plus a flotilla or a flotilla, however it's pronounced, yeah. uh, that'd be a good pairing. Absolutely. All right, Shadow comes next. Um, it's a home island raider. It's uh, thirteen points, six cargo spaces, average move and bad armament. Mm-hmm. It's should... it's a pretty specialized cargo. Uh, you know, it's a pretty specialized gold runner. Yeah, yeah. I actually like this ship. I just have a a big affinity for. Ships that have a lot of cargo, pretty much regardless of speed. Mm-hmm. So even if they're slow, I don't know. It's just something I like. I, I like doing a lot of different combos, like crew combos and things like that. And I love hybrids. So a ship like mm-hmm. this stands out to me just because of that huge cargo hold, which kind of gets overshadowed by some of the ships we're going to talk about in a few minutes. But overall, it's still a pretty decent ship. It's not great. It's not going to be like the best pirate gold runner or even their best home island raider or anything like that. But if you get like a Captain Helmsman Explorer combo or something like that, or maybe some good named crew. You could actually have a decent hybrid and a, a, a couple of ways of getting gold. You could steal it from other treasure runners. You could steal it from an enemy home island, or you could just pick it up from a wild island. So I like I like having those options, and the Shadow is a decent ship overall, kind of overlooked. Yep, agreed. I almost used it in a recent fleet, but uh, I found that Raven's Neck was a better fit based oh, yeah. on... Uh, and speaking of Raven's Neck, uh, we'll be touching that one soon. Yeah. All right, Pandora. <laughs> That's a lot of cargo for how much it costs. Yeah, seven cargo spaces, uh, eleven points, plus one to boarding rolls, decent ability. Mm-hmm. It's got so much cargo space. <laughs> yeah, for such a small ship, and it's not that expensive. Yeah, yeah. I kind of, I kind of think of this one as like the poor man's Darkhawk the second because that ship mm-hmm. has uh, eight cargo spaces and four masts, and it costs one less point, and then the Pandora. It's more expensive and smaller, but one less cargo. So it's kind of uh, like the poor man's version of that ship. But overall, You're right. and that, that's the other thing too, like it's kind of similar to the Shadow. This ship and the Shadow, the Pandora and the Shadow, are both overshadowed by the Darkhawk just because of how good that the Darkhawk is. So the Pandora kind of gets overlooked. But in reality, she's also a great hybrid because you have enough cargo to put aboard like three or even four good crew and then still have spaces to get gold in a few different ways. And then that plus one to boarding rolls might help you uh, steal from enemy gold runners if that's what you're intending to do. Yep. Excellent ship all around, but just forgotten because of Dark Hawk 2. Um, Revenge. Uh, this one, yeah, no, this I agree. This one doesn't have anything going for her. She's just boring, really. I mean, just uh, average... Was a- She's average in every way, and then she gets plus one against the English, which isn't really a great ability for the most part. Average or below average cannons, average point cost, cargo space, and move; those are all average. Four master, mm-hmm. nothing really, nothing really stands out. I've never liked this one. Yeah, um, the fact that the faction bonuses were much more common in Spanish main than in yeah. later sets, mm-hmm. uh, and they were always overpriced, even in Spanish main, if you ask me. Yeah. Um, all this ship really has going for it is it's maybe a bit of a budget gunship if you're up against the English, but yeah. I can still think of better ships for that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the range is kind of just kind of lackluster. It doesn't really stand the test of time well at all. So, mm-hmm. okay, the next right. ship is uh, Al Ladrone. This one is a pretty good gunship. I've had this one since my original collection back in like 2005. 
Uh, has good cannons. This is a three master, nine points, four cargo spaces, L move, uh, three 2S cannons. And then if, when the ship sinks another ship, you may repair one of the ship's masts, which is kind of a, it's pretty situational ability. It's not as likely to be used on a three master, but, and if you have mass missing, your firepower is going to be greatly diminished as a three master. So not a, not a great ability for the ship to have, but it's still a combat ability, which is nice because it is a gunship realistically with those accurate cannons. So this one's pretty good, pretty good bang for the buck in terms of the firepower you get. I I would agree, although I also think it has some multi-purpose capability because it's comparable to some later three-mast ships that have fair cargo space but excellent guns. Yep. But it's also cheaper than them. It's a little bit slower, but it's not lacking in the ability department. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. And then next ship, uh, the Sea Nymph. This one has like the Oarsman keyword built in pretty much. Uh, this one, I've always thought this one looked pretty cool. It's got... It's basically it looks like a captured uh, English ship that has the the Nelson Checker or whatever on the sides, and, but then it's like all bloody and the sails are all messed up and things like that. This one is pretty good. I don't hear about her a lot anymore. The Sea Nymph, four master, three cargo spaces, eleven points, SL move, and then average cannons. Um, this one I I thought it was like overrated like a number of years ago because people kept talking about it. Um, I don't know if it was like 2011 or 12, but lately I haven't heard about it as much. So she's kind of sunk back into obscurity a little bit. But based mm. on pretty much not a amazing ship, but with the base move of SL, that gives you some good options. Yeah, yeah if somebody uh, pulled this in their first pack, I can absolutely see it being kind of one of their all-time favorites based on the art and the fact that it's it's good enough to use. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a yeah. pretty solid ship. Okay. Uh, Silverback. Silverback. L-range cannons cannot hit the ship. Really good defensive ability. A yep. uh, mix of good 2S guns and then a 4L in the middle for some reason. <laughs> kind of expensive. Um, I'm not even really sure how to how to talk about this one. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's probably a pretty good it's uh, decent. ship. Once it, yeah. It's decent. It's just kind of an in-between. In it doesn't really have... A, it doesn't have the perfect armament to be a great gunship, then it doesn't have enough cargo to really run gold effectively. So it's kind of kind of an in-middle ship, kind of like a mediocre support gunship, because that ability makes her kind of expensive. It's a good one, but then you got that ugly cannon in the, in the middle. So it's kind of a cool ship. I've been meaning to use this one more, but it's tough to remember her just because it's kind of kind of an odd one, kind of an oddball ship. Yeah, I'm going to say it's a mediocre ship that has a good ability, and because of that, it's kind of expensive. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Okay, Darkhawk 2. Yep. <laughs> 10 points, 8 cargo spaces, L move, a pair of 2S guns, and a pair of 3L. The only reason why it's 10 points is because it has a keyword that says that its base move becomes S when she reaches her cargo limit. Yep. That's, uh, that's not adequate. No, not at all. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's this should cost like fifteen probably <laughs> at least. I want to say more. Yeah, something no. with this much cargo space. This has this has more cargo than most of the ten mast ships. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, most no, of the I don't disagree. I'm just have. saying, like at least fifteen at a bare minimum. Like, yeah, this this uh, is a great example of like a negative ability being a great thing for a ship to have because even though it's technically a negative, a lot of them are so easy to avoid that it's almost irrelevant. So, like, in this case, 
to reach the cargo limit, you have to have eight uh, crew or treasure or equipment aboard, which is going to take a while, because even with, and with a 10-point cap, there's not that many crew you can put on board until you fill up that 10-point space limit. So then you might have, like, I would probably do, like, Captain Helmsman Explorer, just to keep it simple. And I still have five cargo, which you could fill up four with gold, and then still have seven spaces taken up and still avoid the negative ability by not uh, filling up the cargo. So it's just, it's a negative ability. It's just usually a great thing for a ship to have. And a lot of times they're easily avoided. Mm -hmm. I mean, just look to Banshee's Cry for yeah. for an example of that. Um, for Darkhawk 2, my first thought for a setup would be Hammersmith and Gentleman Joe cards. So you've still got eight cargo spaces. You've got SL Move and you've got your Captain ability. Yep. Um, yeah, you... Uh, have found explorers useful, which is why you put them on more ships. In time, I may uh, change my mind and see things your way, but uh, no, but I'm, not, I'm actually not a huge fan of them. Um, I think they're kind of overrated sometimes, um, especially for the cargo space they take up. But one of the mm -hmm. one of the things about one of the reasons I've mentioned them here is because like the Pandora and the Darkhawk, they have enough cargo to add an explorer as well. If this ship only had five cargo spaces, I definitely wouldn't put. I wouldn't want to put an explorer at least, but yeah, in this case, you can afford to just because the cargo hold is so big. And I would say mm -hmm. the Darkhawk is one of the better hybrids in the game, even by today's standards. And uh, I, there's definitely a case to be made that it's uh, the best ship in the game. That's what it was generally back in like Spanish Main and Crimson Coast before the Banshee's Cry came out. This ship was pretty much the best ever. And you could make, mm -hmm. you could make a decent argument based on how fragile the Banshee's Cry is and how like Odin's Revenge could be popular if competitive play returned things like that. You could make a, a decent case that it's still the best, but I wouldn't really agree. But it's still like top five, no doubt. Yeah. Um, although with a ship like Banshee's Cry, is I mean as you said, uh, Runes of Odin, I think it was. Yeah. Or maybe. Maybe even something like uh, Runes of Death, yeah. which I think did take one mast off of everything. Uh, kind of counterable later in the game, but those are somewhat rare for unique tre uh, treasures because yeah. they're from Frozen North. Yeah, Odin's All Revenge right. is especially rare, yeah. Yeah, all right. Uh, freedom. <sighs> Doesn't really have much going for it. Yeah. I think it's decent, but it's tough to t take advantage of the ability. This is another home island raider, just like the Shadow. But uh, with three cargo spaces, I'm usually going to put like a captain and helmsman aboard because the, mm -hmm. the guns are pretty solid, 3L, 2L, 3L. So I'd use it as like a support gunship and then have at least one cargo space open for the option of home island raiding. But it's kind of mm -hmm. pretty expensive. That would be 17 points total. So it'd be pretty expensive for what you get, especially compared to the competition. Yeah, I'd say this ship, um, I remember I had a talk with, uh, in the rules thread sometime, about whether or not gold is supposed to be face-up on a home island, and I think the general consensus was something like, well, you choose that at the start of the game. Um, if you're playing a game where stuff is face-up, I can see this being a really good way to damage a gold runner, make them spend a couple turns at home while you take the single most valuable coin off the island and run home. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's usually face up in two-player games and then face down in multiplayer. But usually what I do is I like to have uh, the player with this ability pick, even if it's face down, just because it makes more sense to me. Cause like, mm -hmm. And same thing with like winning a boarding party. It's nice to 
it makes sense. Like if you if you win a boarding party and take over the other ship, you can you're certainly gonna rummage around for the best gold. You're not just gonna take the best. You're not just gonna like take the first thing you find and like run off with it immediately. So. Mm-hmm. All right, Raven's Neck. Yeah, I love it's, this one. Yeah, really good ship. Actually, uh, this is the this is one of the two ships that I pulled in my first ever pack. Nice. I don't remember for sure which the other one was. It might have been Silverback. It might have been bowling broke i don't remember at this point but i yeah i was really excited about this ship because you know four masts pretty big um decent ability you can look at one face down treasure on any island good cargo space good armament overall um not too expensive she's not a dark hawk too but she is still really a great ship yeah yeah it's really a nice hybrid too because it's like Kind of like with the Darkhawk and Pandora, you can afford to put like Captain Helmsman and maybe an Explorer board and then still have plenty of cargo left for gold. So a great hybrid option. Good, Yeah, like you said, good armament, great cargo. And a nice, that ability is pretty nice for like looking for unique treasures, trying to find like negative UTs to avoid like plague or something like that. And also mm-hmm. to see if you use it and then you see, uh, you look at something an opponent's going to, an island they're going to, and then they pick up the gold then you can kind of think that uh, if you found a seven, then you might assume that they took the seven that might help you if you're going after that ship or something like that. So it's a pretty good, nice ability too, kind of underrated. And it's a nice cheap ability too. And the ship mm-hmm. is really cheap for what you get. I could easily see this. I would probably use this ship, even if it was like 15, 16 points, I would probably still use her sometimes. So really mm-hmm. good ship. And she'd be a better receptacle for expensive crew if that happened. Yep. I'd also like to point out that in a recent fleet, I used Raven's Neck paired with Devereaux, mm-hmm. who has a similar but not identical ability, which means they can stack. Devereaux yeah. can look at one treasure on any uh, wild island or ship, mm-hmm. which means that paired with Raven's Neck, you could look at two on any wild island or split between island and ship. Yeah, yeah, that's a great yep. option to have. Mm-hmm. I'm going to test that out because uh, I've lost two consecutive games to my dad, and I'm not going to let that happen again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then okay. the next ship is the Windjammer. This one's one of my favorites. Uh, this is um, a ship I wrote a review about a while back, and uh, it has a nice, nice, very good speed, SL speed, 3 master, decent cannons, uh, 3S, 2L, 3S, and then it has the ability forts cannot shoot at this ship, which is funny because Spanish Bane didn't have any forts. They didn't yeah. come out until Crimson Coast, and then Revolution continued with them as well. So this was a unique ability that pretty much made no sense when it first came out, but it was like a preview, which I think is pretty cool. And mm-hmm. uh, I think it's a really good ability, actually, because forts can be a really good strategic play. And in Vassal Tournament number 2, we've used them to great effect. So this ability is really good. And then combined with the speed and the decent cannons and the cheap 9-point cost, the Windjammer is actually a pretty pretty good gunship. Yep, it's a niche ability, but it's super powerful when you do get to use it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. El Ballista. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, one is, uh, okay. this one is bizarre. <laughs> Actually, I can see this one being kind of fun. Okay, yeah, it uh, it's a four-mast ship, SL movement, uh, two cargo, <laughs> and on the turn the ship is pinned, eliminate one crew from the enemy ship. This thing is basically a boarding torpedo. Yeah, exactly. It yeah, it's like a suicide attack ship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's reasonably fast. Um, it's kind of big. It's got a 
you know, boarding and ramming focused ability. Yep. Uh, you put something, uh, you put a boarding roll booster and a helmsman on this. Yeah. And, uh, just go around killing crew. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Yeah, I like that thought. I like, uh, I've actually used the captain on it decently well, too, because if you ram, you might be able to get some of the shots in range. And the guns aren't great, but I mean, 4L times 3, you don't have, um, they're not that accurate. And then you have a 3S at the back, but the sheer quantity and some of the L range guns at the front there can make a decent little suicide gunship. But yeah, this one's really unique because it has, uh, two cargo spaces and we, like we've seen the other four masted pirate ships in this set have like six a lot of times or more so it's pretty that's why i said it was bizarre it's such a anomaly in the set and even now that all the sets are out it's still a really unique ship but yeah usually i would put like a captain maybe a helmsman aboard or something similar and then just let her do her thing she's probably not going to survive the game but she can definitely be a really good distraction in the meantime She'll be really good fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I that makes me want to put together a uh, suicide attack uh, gunship fleet at some point. Yeah. That should be good fun. Yeah, and that's a, it's a unique ship, too, because most of the other ships uh, with that ability or the one that eliminates a mast and a crew are usually really small. So this one is unique because it's like a huge, like, attack torpedo ship, whereas the other ones are like little pests. This one's actually, like, really big, so it makes it even more weird, so... I would say mm -hmm. probably one of the stranger ships in the game, really. Yep, you can win a boarding party after you ram, unlike with the smaller ships. Yep, exactly. All right, Recreant. Yeah, I like this one a lot. I think it's a underrated option. Really good cheap firepower. Uh, three master, nine points, four card spaces, L move. All the guns are 2S, which is really nice. And then has a, a ability to eliminate crew on a successful hit once per turn. So basically... Pretty much a good gunship and kind of similar um, to Ella Drone and some of the other Pirate 3 Masters released in later sets. Just really good cheap firepower for what you get. And uh, based on the size and some of the other better ships in this set, kind of overlooked too. So pretty pretty good gunship option. Mm -hmm. Good in every way. Uh, the move is average though. Yep. So that holds her back a little bit. Yep. Keeps her cost nice and low though, which is nice. Only be That's four, true. 14 points with a Captain Houseman, and you got good cannons and then a nice ability. So, mm -hmm. yep. Uh, I think that's also good evidence as to how point costs for ships rose in later sets for yeah. the most part. Exactly. Like a comparable ship, say Grinder, mm -hmm. um, is three points more expensive despite not necessarily being in all that different a class of ship. Yeah. She's faster. And, you know, has a couple abilities that are also pretty good, but yeah. All right. Treachery. This one, I, I don't know. I haven't really used this one a lot. There's a handful of uh, Pirate 2 Masters from this set that we'll get to. Some of them are kind of generic. They don't really stand out a lot. This one has a negative ability. English ships get plus one to the cannon rolls against this ship. Uh, two masts, SS move, decent cannons, three cargo. It's not a bad ship by any means. I just don't usually prefer it. I usually prefer like a more interesting ship or one that might be a little more out there. Mm -hmm. I think this one's pack filler, mm -hmm. but it's it's pretty good for pack filler. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Longshanks. Yep. Yeah, this one's awesome. A lot of people probably know this ship. This one was uh, one of the reasons that the no duplicates rule was uh, created, actually, because Wolf talked about 
how in like a 30 point fleet you could just run five of these and you'd have enough cargo to get all the gold or you'd have a good speed and then you'd have like two of them to run like backup as gunships and stuff like that. So this one, six points, three masts, four cargo, SL move, good cannon or decent cannons. And then the reason it's only six points is the ship may never load the last treasure from an island. So it has a negative ability. But once again, this helps the ship because that's usually not going to come into play. And even if it does, um, a lot of times you're going to be leaving behind like a one or a two. So even if the ability does prevent you from taking a coin with this ship, it doesn't really hurt your game all that much usually. So it's just a great hybrid and a, a good gold runner if you want it to be that. And if you want it to be just a strict gunship, it would be really good value for your points on that uh, in that role as well. Mm -hmm. If you just throw a captain on Longshanks, you've got a cheap multi-purpose ship. Yep. That's all there is to be said about it. Yeah. Great ship. Uh, the next one, El Chico. This one, mm -hmm. uh, basically like, uh, kind of like the treachery. Spanish ships get plus one of this cannon rules against this ship instead of English for the treachery. Uh, this mm -hmm. one has a little bit more speed than the treachery, but gives up a cargo space and some range on the cannons. So very similar ship, though. Not great, but not terrible. Just not really that exciting, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I've got the same sentiment. Yep. All right. Greyhound. Uh, this one was one of my first ships. Uh, pretty, it's okay. I don't like the ability be on this ship because she's not really a gold runner. It says when the ship carries no cargo, she gets plus us to her base move. But then it doesn't have a lot of speed or a lot of cargo, so she's not really a great gold runner. But then if you use her as a gunship and add a uh, crew, like a Captain Helmsman, you lose that ability bonus. So it's kind of a weird ship that's kind of tough to use effectively. Plus, there's the fact that we were just looking at multiple other 9.3-masted ships with better guns and yep. more cargo space and better abilities. Yep, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't really stand up well against competition at all. Mm -hmm. it, in its own set, even in later sets, it would just be kind of a ship nobody would ever go out of their way to use. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the Carrion Crow is next. This is a two-master. This one I actually do mm -hmm. like quite a lot. Uh, four points, which is the cheapest ship in the set. Uh, two cargo spaces, SS move, cannons are 2S, 2S, and then it has a negative ability. Eliminate one of the ship's mass when she rolls a 1 on any cannon roll, which is an unfortunate ability, but this one is unique because it's uh, one of the early, like, really super cheap gunships. Just put a captain aboard and then go out with your pair of 2S guns and you've got a decent little support gunship. I think yep. it's actually a pretty good ship, really. Mm -hmm. Decent speed, good for for uh, Spanish main, as a matter of fact. Excellent yep. guns, uh, rock bottom cost. Yep. All right, uh, El Dorado. Uh, we're getting toward the end of the pirate ships, I think. Yeah. Uh, you own any derelict the ship explores. Both become docked at your home island. It's uh, its move is average. The cargo space is only two. It's eleven points, and its guns are double four S and then a two L. Yeah. It's a little bit too weird and gangly and unfocused to be a ship I'd use. Yeah, it's pretty much the same with me. I only use it when I'm like concentrating on capturing ships like I did recently in a Circle of Blood game on Vassal. But overall, it's not really that great. Um, for just six more points, you could get the Harbinger and have uh, a lot better cannons and more of them, way more cargo, things like that. So this one doesn't really stand up too well. Um, it might be the worst ship. With this ability, I mean, there's only like four or five, but this one's not, it's just not that great. It's tough to 
it's like yeah, like he said, it's not focused. It's not good enough to be a gunship or a gold runner. So she's pretty much relegated to just using her ability, which is going to mm-hmm. be a pretty pretty big usage of points in a game. So not that yeah. great overall. If you paired her with uh, with Harbinger, I think it was. Uh, if you paired her with that ship in a larger game, I can mm-hmm. see it. Uh, I can see them being a good sort of pair to attack other task forces and capture their ships. Yeah. Derelict uh, one ship and use Eldorado to send that one home, whereas uh, you know the larger ship will then finish off the second one and take it home as well. Yep. Yeah, that's actually similar to what a. I mean a a fleet called the ship stealing fleet and it uses all the mm-hmm. game pieces with that ability and that's kind of sort of what it does so and that's kind of pulled that off to some degree in the in the game i was talking about which was really fun so and then right. the ship the royal fortune this one spanish crew may use their abilities on the ship two master seven points pretty average speed average cargo average cannons not really anything to write home about with this one kind of boring yeah just pack filler really mm-hmm uh, yep. The next one, Huerta de la Corona. This one is uh, important to me because it was um, one of my first four ships. I got two packs of Spanish Main back in 2005 to get started in the game, and this is one of the four ships I pulled. Uh, it's, it's actually a decent gunship, uh, mostly because of the speed, which is SL. Other than that, it's pretty much average. It gets plus one against the Spanish, so if you know you're going to be facing them, it's a, a good option. Um, overall, mm-hmm. a decent sport gunship. Um, the speed is really the only thing that makes it stand out, but it, it is fast. Yep, definitely a. Uh, it's one of those yeah, situational ships. Yeah, that's just what it is. It's mm-hmm. it's really excellent in the right situation, but kind of underwhelming everywhere else. Yep. Uh, the next one, the Bonnie Kate. This one is uh, similar to the Royal Fortune. And kind of like the Treachery and Chico, kind of like reverse abilities. So now English crew can use their abilities on the ship, kind of similar to the Royal Fortune with the Spanish. Uh, once again, pretty average, though. This one, I would say, is a little better than the Royal Fortune. Um, it has uh, has a little bit better cannons, slightly better, and also it's a little faster. So this one's a little more viable, but once again, nothing really to get excited about. Mm-hmm. Although uh, I did accidentally come up with, I think, a pretty good crew pairing for this one. Um, Rise of the Fiends, Hermione Gold, and Trevor Van Tyne. Oh, that's good, yeah. Because that would make this ship really pretty quick, uh, decently well-armed, mm-hmm. and not all that expensive. I want to try that out sometime, because it's just... Because I don't think anybody else is ever going to do it. Yeah, that is a cool combo, actually. Yeah. All right, Batavian Bat, um, yeah. or Sturmvogel in the German version. Yeah. Guns are bleh. Yeah. Uh, move is decent for... Uh, move is average overall. Cargo space, bad. Point value, nine. It's... I, I, as we said earlier, it's a bad ship with a good ability. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this yep. one... Uh, this one is special to me because along with the Muerta de la Corona, this one... and was one of the other ships I pulled on my first two packs. So it'll always be special to me, especially my like original copy. But mm-hmm. after being a fan of the game for a while now, I do admit that this one's just not very good at all. It's tough to use uh, in any capacity because it's not going to fight well, and it's also doesn't have enough cargo to get gold. So there's nothing really to do with it. I can see it being 
a sort of like I'm going to choose a bad ship for this role sort of thing if you know your opponent really likes to use L range guns. Yeah. I can see it kind of being an all choice for that, but it's not good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, right. the, the venture, venture, this one, uh, this is another four point two master. So really cheap along with the Carrion Crow. Um, similar, uh, same speed, same cargo, same point cost. Um, the cannons are a little worse, 3S, 3L, and then the ship sinks when her last mass is eliminated. So I don't really like that ability as much as, well, I don't like either one, but I'd rather have mm -hmm. the Carrying Crow's ability to eliminate mass on a one cannon roll. The Venture, basically, you hit her twice and she sinks, so there's no chance of repairing and using her again or having a derelict with an oarsman or something like that. So I think the Carrying Crow is far superior, and uh, I just, as a result, I don't really use the Venture. I'm not a huge fan of the ship. You know what Venture reminds me of? A one-masted longship. Because if you think about it, a one-masted longship also takes two hits to sink and yeah. gets to shoot twice. Yeah, that's a good The point. only difference being that this ship can, you know, still shoot once after losing a mast. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. I guess that kind of goes to show how overpriced longships ended up being. Yeah, yeah, that's a good example. All right. Uh, Silver Dagger. Slow, uh, gets plus L to her base move. She has all her masks. So if she has all three masks, which are all 3S, uh, that move means she moves SL. But I've never liked that ability because yeah. it's not good for a warship. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> I actually like this one. It's kind of weird. Um, I don't know. I don't really mind this ability. I know it's not that. I know it's usually paired with ships that have S move, so it's not that good. But, uh, I just like the thought of having it move SLS with like Captain mm -hmm. Helmsman and then uh and then it like really gets it goes the speed goes way down as soon as you start losing mass. I don't know why. I just find it kind of amusing. Mm -hmm. I think it's a little bit underrated. I think it's still a viable um type of ship and a viable ability to use. The other thing I like about it, I think the name is cool and then I think it has really cool artwork too cuz it's kind of like white kind of on the hull and then it has like some blue trim though. So it's it's a kind of a cool ship overall. Not great, but it's it's a, it's a fun one. Mhm. Mm yeah, you won't hear me argue that. It's it's definitely a pretty ship and I'm sure it does have its use. Yeah. Uh, so now we're into crew. We've reached pirate crew. Pirate crew. So first one, Calco Cat. So she gives SAT, which is uh, same action twice, once per turn. When you, before you give a ship an action, roll a d6, and at five or six, this may, ship may be given same action twice. This is an ability that's become like a, just an absolute staple of fleets since the mm -hmm. beginning and absolutely up till nowadays as well. She stands the test of time really well. Just an amazing crew. Really, mm -hmm. probably should have been, five, I'm thinking about five points and then extra action, like six or seven, but they stuck with their cheap point costs on the double action abilities, so mm -hmm. that's just what we have nowadays, too, and that's why it's yep. part of the reason they're so good. Yep, three-point SAT, um, this crew is actually used in said recent fleet that I keep talking about, um, uh, just just go check my page, it's the Colio Terrorize the Seas one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Captain Blackheart. Um, yeah. Well, Captain with um, the sack ability, sacrifice a crew for an extra action, mm -hmm. which basically means you can just stock up on oarsmen or what have you and uh, get free extra actions. Blackheart was always underpriced. Absolutely. Yeah, the sack ability uh, should have been way more than two points. Um, and as a result, uh, sack captains are some of the best crew in the entire game. They're staples of competitive fleets. 
they always have been and always will be. So yeah, definitely one of the best mm-hmm. crew in the game. And I like how these kind of these are big characters too, like Calico Cat, Blackheart, Phantasma is next. Like these are some big characters that lasted throughout like the whole uh, run of sets that the game was in production for, which is cool. Mm-hmm. I don't use sack stuff myself, mostly because my uh, plate group is pretty casual, and mm-hmm. I I don't really like using sack stuff. Yeah. But uh, the reason why it's so great is because it's an extra action on demand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it which you can depend on luck at all. Yeah, which you can only really get from Micron. Yeah. Yeah. And then next, uh, the first version of Alphantasma was Pirate uh, before he turned Cursed. And uh, mm-hmm. he gives the home island rating ability for four points, which is usually, it's generally worth three, sort of. But four isn't, like, too bad or anything. Uh, mm-hmm. Not a bad crew. It's just that his other versions are more famous uh, because they're better, basically. That's pretty much all I have to say. Yep. Um, although we can say that on a plus, he has a link to Ghost Crew, which uh, which other crew of his type don't really have. And yeah. uh, I I think we should sort of jump straight to Ghost Crew to talk about that. Uh, yeah. Just uh, and then go back for the others. Ghost yeah. Crew is this ship. Uh, the ship's crew cannot be eliminated unless she sinks. That's six points, though. Yeah, it's just overpriced because. Uh... The next set, Crimson Coast, Jack Hawkins has SAT and that ability for six points. So I would never mm-hmm. really use Ghost Crew. The link is and nice, but it doesn't really... When you're spending ten points on those two abilities, you're not going to have that many points uh, left for other crew sometimes. And overall, it's mm-hmm. just kind of overpriced for what you get. Yeah, plus there were the Doctor Crew, which were also too expensive at five points that yeah. basically have the same ability. Yeah, pretty much. And then you could get like an Oarsman or maybe two oarsmen or something to try to protect your crew that way too which is a decent idea so mm-hmm. yeah there were also those like marrow from rise of the fiends or oh, yeah, uh, leanne and terrible. park yeah it's yeah the same idea same overpriced junk yeah <laughs> yep uh okay. the next one uh captain jack hawkins who's one of the most famous uh pirates in this game as well kind of modeled after uh captain jack sparrow to a degree he was one of my i want to say he was my first pirate named crew i think I may have even pulled him in one of those first two packs. I don't remember what crew I got in those packs, but... And this version of him is really good. Uh, he has the captain ability, and then for just one point, he uh, has on the ship on the turn the ship is pinned to eliminate one crew from the enemy ship, which is a really nice ability to have. So for just four points, he's pretty awesome as, like, a unique uh, captain. Gives you some pretty good bang for your buck. Mm-hmm. Definitely boarding-focused. Um an excellent cheap crew if you want to make a uh, suicide torpedo ship. Mm-hmm. Like, what was it? Was it El Ballista earlier? Yeah, or? exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Although the abilities couldn't stack, so you'd have to find another ship. Mm-hmm. But Jenny Gallows. Mm-hmm. Um, Jenny. Uh, I want to say Jenny. I, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't even know. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of those ship's treasures is worth plus two when she docks at your home island uh, and a link to Jenny's Red Rampage. Um, this is one of the most powerful abilities in the game. Absolutely. Uh, ben just explained to me because for the longest time I didn't get why, uh, why the crew swapping ability, uh, of a ship, uh, not ship, a crew like Captain Jack Sparrow was so powerful until he explained that that basically allows you to, uh, teleport gold back to your home island and do so one at a time and thus allow for uh, up to four points of bonus gold each time yep. and uh i mean 
you can basically end a uh, a regulation forty point game with a single island by doing that. Yeah, effectively. Yeah, this is one of the best abilities. Um, it's just so good. It's a game winner. It's a game winning ability. Um, it's just like I mean, the goal of the game is to get gold. So anything that adds gold to your total is automatically going to be great. And this one's so it's like one of the most like direct ways you could win a game single handedly. Um, and even in this case, like if you let's say it was a standard game and you you and your opponent both had 15 or whatever, if you had getting gals unload uh, even just once, you would win 17, 15 with the bonus. Um, and then if you get imagine if you get it two, three, four, five times, it's going to be very tough for an opponent to come back unless they have a bonus crew of their own. So it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. It's only three yeah. points. It should have been uh, at least five. I would you could pay seven or eight and still get. Yeah, I still get value out of it. Yep. It's that, it's that good. It's so amazing. All right. Um, I want to jump to Jenny's Red Rampage again real quick because yeah. that's the linked crew. Mm-hmm. Um, two points, this ship gets plus one to our boarding rolls. Yeah. That ability was more expensive in later sets. Yeah, it should be two points. It's not even that good. I think it's, I think it's one of the – I know a lot of people disagree with me. I think it's one of the most overrated abilities in the game. Um, I was even just in that hero awful ships thread I submitted. Um, a ship, a four master was facing a one master and had plus one boarding roll. So at a four, basically a four mass advantage. And then the one master still won because it's all just luck. It's just a six versus a one. It just depends on what you roll. You could always just roll a one. And I just, I just think it's really overrated. Um, plus one boarding rolls doesn't really give you a lot of, uh, it does, it's not a big bonus in the grand scheme of rolling a one through a six. So in, a, in the case of like a re-roll, you could get plus five. You could go from a one and then re-roll that die to get a six. I mean, it's unlikely, but it's also unlikely that the plus one of boarding rolls is really going to pay off a lot in the end. So I think it's one of the most overrated abilities in the game. And also, like you said, it, it got more expensive as the sets wore on, which is pretty insane. I would never want to pay more than two points. I think two points is fine. I just think it's not as good as people think it is. It's also really common. I believe, um, see, I'm, I'm the opposite. I actually think that this is a really good ability. Okay. And the reason why is because, uh, of the advantage in boarding that even just a sort of base, uh, base advantage of one, let's say two format ships, except one of them has this ability, your odds of winning, rise drastically when you have even one point of advantage I actually disagree. on your opponent i i disagree because you could just roll a one they could roll a four and then it still doesn't matter it should be like plus two or plus three to boring rolls to even matter i just I, i've played so much this ability just it doesn't affect things that much which is why i'm not a huge fan of it i mean i get that but at the same time i really think that even the small advantage means quite a lot because i mean it is just rng anyway but why not tilt the rng to favor yourself yeah i just don't think it's worth it usually especially i'll have to find the numbers Mm -hmm. but um i'm pretty sure that like the odds tilt more than 50 percent in your favor when you've got even an advantage of even one and i think like the odds of having a negative outcome from a boarding roll are really tiny, like okay. less than one in six when you have even a one in, uh, advantage of boarding. I need to do the numbers. Don't quote me. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just haven't found it to be that effective because you have mm-hmm. like a, 
four master boarding a two master, let's say the four master has this. Sure, you have an advantage. You have a three advantage, but then um, they could roll a six and you could roll like a two, and then you still mm -hmm. you still lose. So I just I really just think it's not worth using a lot of times. It's a nice thing to have like built into a ship, but I don't really like paying for it most of the time unless you have like a maybe like a five master that has like a ton of boarding abilities and escort and stuff like that. And you're just like building like a, like a boarding monster. Then it's, it's just fun to add it anyway, just to like overkill. But overall, mm -hmm. I still think it's, uh, overrated. Yeah. I guess we'll have to talk about that on the forum sometime, discuss yeah. that. I'll put up a, a table of numbers or something. Yeah. Right. <laughs> David bones Wiley. Uh, if the ship carries treasure and is within S of an enemy ship, you may randomly trade one treasure with that ship. Uh, do you have any experience with this ability? Um, not really. I made a recent fleet um, that uses it, but I haven't used that fleet yet. Um, it's really tough to use because it's random. And uh, based on that, it's, I don't know, the best way I can think of it is using um, like other spy abilities like Lucky the Parrot and uh, the Raven's Neck mm -hmm. and stuff like that to find try to find an enemy ship that has like a seven and then if you purposely pick up like a one and nothing else then it won't be random so then you could make like a guaranteed profit from it as long as you can get away of course so then there's that's the other problem if you're raiding uh like a hybrid or something you might get attacked in return so it's pretty tough to use it probably should spend two points it's just it's kind of tough to pull off basically yeah, it seems a little bit expensive and not that effective of a strategy. It's interesting, and I want to see somebody do it, but the, um, but you just mentioned Lucky the Parrot, who is uh, David Bones Wiley's linked crew. Uh, one point, uh, once per turn, the ship may look at any one face-down cargo on any ship. Yeah, that's good for yep. one point. I wouldn't, uh, I would find to spend the one point on that, and it kind of functions like an explorer or an oarsman in, in terms of protecting other crew and then maybe being like a sack option, which is nice. Yep. Agreed. Um, I think next was, uh, Fidel Zuan or yeah. Zuan, uh, uh, bonus to cannon rolls against Spanish ships, faction bonuses. Uh, you know, they were probably kind of iffy back in Spanish main and they're definitely iffy. And yeah. close to useless in a post-Spanish main world. Yeah, I don't think I don't know if I've really used him. Maybe as like an afterthought in like a big game, but yeah, I totally agree. Um, yeah. And then the only thing um, you can technically bring him into the game with his zero R plus five crew um, mm -hmm. because he's less than five points. So if you see your opponents using Spanish ships, you could bring him in. But other than that, very limited usage and not really worth uh, worth getting. Mm -hmm. um, his link, Gaspar's one, uh, is one of those two-point uh, cost reducers yep. that allow you to fit more crew on one ship. But, you know, those only come into their element if you have at least three other crew on a ship. Yep. And even then, it's just such a niche Yeah, uh, yeah it's incredibly situation. Niche. Yeah, it's only in, like, really specific times when you're going to need something like that. There's a few... Yeah specific builds where I've used ones from other factions, but I haven't really needed this guy on any uh, pirate ships at all yet. So, Yeah, uh, and uh, uh, to any listeners who uh, may think that this is sort of an alternative to a zero uh, LR plus five, it's not. No. What this does is it only uh, prevents uh, crew from counting against the ship's 
total point capacity, yeah. sort of. Yeah, they still cost points. Yeah, it's not like you can just flood a uh, a ship with oarsmen just because of this crew um, and then just throw on a sack captain. I tried to do that once, but it wasn't legal, so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next yeah. one, uh, Sky and the Monkey. This one's linked to uh, Captain Jack Hawkins we talked about earlier. Uh, yep. Once per turn, the ship may randomly take one treasure from any ship she touches. This one's a decent ability. I don't really like paying for it um, on a crew because then they'll take up cargo space. Um, I do like it on specific ships. Um, like the Curse Blade is one of my favorite ships. But this one, on a crew, it's just not that great. Um, it could have been, well, I think one point probably not enough. But it's kind of nice if you could pair it up with like a good boarding party. And then you could take two coins um, in one turn. But overall, it's decent, but not like super exciting, I guess. Um, uh, I would like to add on to that. I think uh, Ben just had to go check on his dog. No. The Sky Moon, yeah. Um, I think Sky the Monkey may actually be pretty good because, remember, we were just talking about Jack Hawkins being captain, um, you know, a rammer, a sort of boarding-focused crew. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's linked to that. So, basically, for seven points, you're getting a captain – or wait, no, is it six, six points? Yeah. Six, Okay. For six points, you're getting, and for one cargo space, uh, a captain, something that'll kill a crew when you ram, and something that'll take a treasure in that very turn. You basically get a like two free boarding party wins when you ram a ship. Yeah, yeah, it's a solid combo. Yeah, I just don't always use links that much. I kind of underrate them, sort of, but I I think the right links are good, but there are plenty of not so great links. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, uh, there's some in Revolution. Um, and then, yeah, yeah next we, uh, we're we up against the English ships now. We cover the crew through all the links and stuff. So now we start the English faction, which is my favorite faction in the game, as a lot of you probably know. Um, and uh, HMS Titan is one of the best ships in the game. She still stands the test of time really well, kind of like the pirate five masters from this set. Uh, she mm-hmm. gets an extra action on a five or six. 17 points, 5 cargo spaces, L move, all rank 2 guns. Just a really amazing gunship and still one of the best in the game. Mm-hmm. I've thrown um, Fire and Steel Hermione Gold on this. Um, I think that's the one that lets you roll basically 2 die for every cannon roll. Yep. And, uh, I mean, some bad moves meant that I lost the ship early in the game, which was mm-hmm. dumb on my part, but... Um, it was, it's nevertheless a super powerful ship. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely, uh, as you said, it's, it survived the power creep of some later sets. It, mm-hmm. this is still almost a match for a ship like Sun Crystal Ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next right. ship, HMS Albion, this one, uh, another uh, five Algernon, point. I think. What? Or is Albion, wait, is it, oh wait, wait, Albion or Algernon? Oh I no, I'm going, uh, 042, I'm going to the next ship in the order on the checklist, so. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, so oh, this, oh, yeah, you're right. No, I missed it in there. Oh, yeah, God. Yeah, it's fine. And then, <laughs> um, this one, five points. Uh, uh, Orsman built in, pretty much. Two cargo, L move, 3S cannon. Not really anything special, but yeah. Yeah, I think it was so small that I missed it. But yeah. um, <laughs> um, it's sort of, it strikes me as a sort of pre-galley. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, only it can actually ram unlike a galley so yep. 
but still, nothing yeah. special. Yeah. Uh, the next ship, HMS Lord Algernon. This one is my favorite ship because I wanted this ship really badly when I was still a kid because I saw it on the checklist and I saw it. I don't know where I saw a picture. I don't know if it was like at the store on like a box or something like that. But um, my, pretty much my favorite ship. Um, basically, it's not amazing and it's not nearly as good as the Titan, but it's still, it's a decent, like, slow, like, tank kind of warship. It has only three cargo, S speed, so pretty terrible stats in those categories, but it has very good cannons, same as the Titan, all ranked two, 15 points, and it ignores the first hit it takes each turn as long as she has all, she has all of her masts up. So a good, a decent, decent, uh, defensive ability, but overall not nearly as good as the Titan, obviously. Mm-hmm. A good, like a good choice if you need something that's just pretty tough, but not Elacorizado tough. Yeah, yeah. And then um, the next ship, uh, HMS Europa. This one is pretty cool. Um, it gets the extra action ability built in, um, just like the Titan, which is kind of unique for a one master. Um, it makes the ship kind of expensive. Eight points for just one cargo space SS move, and then a three S cannon. I will say. Um, I don't want to jump to the crew too early, but this one has a perfect combo uh, with Commander Temple, who's an English crew from this set. Uh, he has the same ability as El Dorado and the Harbinger. You own any derelict ship explorers, both ships become docked to your home island. So this one is mm. perfect for the uh, the Europa, because a lot of times if you don't want a, a gunship to be taken out of action um, with that ability, you can put it at uh, Commander Temple, who's the only crew on in the game with that ability. Um, so you can put him on any English ship put them on the Europa, and then have that ship tag along with uh, the Titan or some other ship that can really dismast enemy ships. And then the Europa will hopefully get uh, an extra action um, at the perfect time, which actually happened twice in my, my recent Circle of Blood game now, which is still uh, to be finished. And uh, it's actually worked really well with Temple on board. The Europa has captured two ships. You wait for an extra action, then you can move in. SS, and then with the extra action, you can uh, explore the enemy derelict and then warp it home with Temple. So it's pretty much a uh, really great combo from Spanish Main. It's kind of expensive for a smaller game, but overall, it's a it's a cool combo from the early days of the game. Yeah, I want to say that it's another case of bad ship good ability. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, HMS Lester. Um, this ship eliminates two masks with one hit. Um, it's got all rank three guns, decent cargo space uh, for base mm-hmm. move L. Point cost is really expensive, uh, but, but she is it. a really hard hitter. Yeah, I would say it's worth it. Um, probably the best Especially thing... if you put on a world hater. Exactly, that's what I was going to say. That's what I would recommend for people, because the guns are kind of average, but then if you put a world hater to get out plus one of your cannon rolls, this ship can really... Uh, be worth her high value point cost. So a really, Mm -hmm. really good ship. I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, High cost four masted ships. um, There aren't really a lot of them, Mm -hmm. but they tend to be really cool alternatives to five masters. If you feel like uh, some kind of really nasty main gunship that isn't a five master. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It's a good example of one. The next one actually has the same ability, HMS Oxley, um, but this is pretty much the complete opposite, so our guns are yeah. not very good, um, also expensive, but in this case, it's totally not worth it. Um, mm-hmm. Even if you put a World Hater aboard, they're going to be pretty much average. And average then, at best. Yeah, with a Captain Helmsman, um, that's going to start 
that's going to run you like 24 points or something total, which is totally not worth it. So the Oxley, just not that good of a ship, really. Mm -hmm. It's the real thing that that breaks it is it's three points shy of being the Lester, Mm -hmm. but its guns are less accurate. It has less holes, uh, less space in its hold Mm -hmm. for that three mass difference or sorry for that three point difference. You get an extra mast, you get more hold space, you get more accurate guns. It's absolutely worth it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next one, HMS King Edward. This one is a really nice hybrid. Um, It's a rare English ship with a a ton of cargo. It has six cargo spaces, kind of like some of the Pirate 4 Masters from this set. Um, Mm -hmm. It's mostly a hybrid because of the ability. If the ship has a captain and crew, she gets plus one to her cannon rolls. So her cannons are rank four, but then with a captain... You become rank three, and then add a helmsman and maybe an oarsman. You got a decent hybrid ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ability and the hold space turn this from kind of what would otherwise be a bad English ship into yet another pretty good one. Yep, exactly. Yep. Um, HMS Bell of Exeter, which I've mentioned, I think, way too many times for such an unremarkable ship. Um, <laughs> This ship's cannons may not be eliminated. Mass still be if derelict. She cannot shoot. A pair of three S guns and a four L. Sixteen points is just—it's just a little bit too much for that. It, yeah. It's a smaller version of our, what was it? HMS Dreadnought. Yeah. But you know, it's not kind of—it's. I don't think it's worth that because it's not big enough to make use of that in a prolonged battle. Yeah, exactly. I would say this ability is best on like. Uh, ships with at least four masts or higher. With yep. lower, it's just not that many. You're not getting that much benefit. I could see maybe 11 or 12 points, but 16 is just way too much to justify using her very much at all. I want to uh, say 10 would make her really good as a sort of aggressive uh, aggressive ship that you don't mind losing. You know, suicide yeah. attack. But yep. um, HMS Dover doesn't actually have a special ability, yep. um, but she doesn't need one because she's 10 points. Uh, she gets uh, five cargo space, two S move, and she's got all rank three guns. Yep. Yeah, nothing she's to a, complain about, really. Nothing super remarkable, but yeah. nothing to complain about. Yeah. Um, something like Thomas Gun on here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. A lot of good Simple options. Simple ship. Yeah, I like I like her as a hybrid. Um, nice, I like a durable gold runner with the capacity to fight as well. This is another good mm-hmm. example of a. Uh, not only are negative abilities usually good for ships, it's often good for them to not have any abilities because we've seen mm-hmm. um, some ships that have abilities that make them more expensive than they want to be. Like the Bell of Exer is a decent example. And uh, the Dover, if she had that ability, she would probably be overpriced. But in this case, she's a great option. So, Yep. It's just a dull ship, and we don't have much to say about her, but she is good. Yeah, she's really good. Yep. <laughs> Uh, HMS Bowlingbrook. Yep. Yeah, this is one of my favorite English gunships. Uh, all ranked cannons, uh, solid speed, S plus S, decent average cargo at three, uh, nine points. Other ships do not block the ship's lines of fire. That's a much better ability with rank uh, or with two L uh, guns if the range was L on all of them. Only one of the guns is long range. But um, regardless of the ability, though, just a really good gunship the English have. Pretty pretty cheap, effective firepower. Mm-hmm. Cheap, accurate guns, reasonable speed, uh, enough cargo space. Yep. All you really need. Mm-hmm. HMS Gallo Glass, um, another one of those sort of cheap two-masted ships. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
When this ship sinks another ship, you may repair one of the ship's masts. I don't see that ever being useful because you have to be in a situation where you've lost just one mast, yeah. but you're about to sink a ship. Yeah, it's very unlikely. <laughs> Weak cargo space, not super cheap at six points. Uh, base move is 2S. Guns are average. Just forgettable. Yeah, nothing really stands out that much. So, Not paired well with her ability, and she's not a great ship to begin with. Yeah. So. Uh, HMS Birkenhead, this one, uh, along with HMS Lord Walpole, which we'll see in a few minutes, these are my first two English ships, so they're always going to be really special to me. Uh, the Lord Walpole is better, but the Birkenhead isn't too bad. Um, plus one to boarding rolls, 11 points, four cargo, L move, average cannons. Pretty average ship. Um, I just like her because of the artwork, and just uh, she's just a classic ship for me. But overall, nothing really special, though. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to make like serious use of her, maybe captain, maybe helms, maybe, maybe re-roller. Yeah. Yeah. Not much to say, though. Yeah. Uh, the Mearsman is the next one. Um, unlike the Galaglass, I think this one's more interesting, uh, mostly because of the ability. Yeah. Uh, it's a two-master, same speed as the Galaglass SS, uh, same point cost of six, two cargo, um, average cannons, but you can double the range of them, but after all, a six to hit. So she has the sniping ability, which is a pretty fun ability. It's not super awesome in-game, but it is fun, and it's a cool option to have in case you're not in range with the S-range guns. Mm-hmm. I think this is a kind of ship where captain and hel- uh, either a captain and helmsman or a captain and a flotilla mm-hmm. would be a really good pairing. Yep, absolutely. Just anything to help accentuate that strength. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, you mentioned the Wycliffe earlier, right? Or am I thinking of, oh, no, you were talking about the Walpole, but yep. we're on the Wycliffe anyway. Mm-hmm. Um. Bleh ability, good guns, and uh, an average base move in cargo. Yeah, I like this one a lot because of the cannons, and the. I think the ability is pretty decent because ramming is often a, a pretty solid tactic. Um, I like the thought of doing away with ram damage for like house rules and stuff, but um, but overall it's a pretty, pretty solid ship. Once again, kind of like the Bolingbroke, uh, good cheap firepower for what you get. Mm-hmm. Although at the same time, I want to say there are better options in this set because I don't think that's the greatest ability. Yeah, I think it's underrated. I think ramming is a really viable tactic. I see it used a lot, and it's pretty it's pretty effective. So to have a ship, and the other thing is, once the ship starts losing masts, like one or two masts out, it's more vulnerable to ramming. But in this case, it's mm-hmm. not, which is nice. So, and it's also there's better options for the pirates. But in terms of the English three masters. Um, the other options, the, other, the next best option is probably the Wellpool, which is a point more um, for arguably a worse ability. So the Wycliffe is probably the best um, Pirate 3 Master in the set, to be fair. so Or English. Yeah. Yeah. All right. HMS Plantagenet? Uh, Plantagenet? Yeah. We should ask Wolf. Maybe he knows how it's pronounced. Yeah. Um, plus one to cannon rolls against pirate ships. You know it's a bad sign when you get a faction bonus on a ship or crew, and it just kind of holds true on this. It's not very good. Eight points, guess quick move, but average guns hold space and bad ability. Yeah. It's not, I don't think it's too bad, but uh, the speed is really the only thing that makes it stand out. Other than that, it's uh, not too great. 
Yep, nothing special. Yeah. All right, and I'm sure you've got something to say about the HMS Lord Walpole. Yeah, she was one of my first two English ships along with the Birkenhead, like I said. I think this one is still underrated. Obviously, there's like a lot of favoritism bias, but uh, I think it is a good ship. Uh, 10 points, sport cargo, L move, 2S, 2L, 2S guns. Uh, when this ship hits another ship, you choose which mass is eliminated. Um, I don't really want to focus on the ability too much because it's, it's not worth getting um, in a in a fuss about it. I think abilities sometimes are overrated because the ship stats usually matter a lot more. Um, but mm-hmm. This one is a good gunship, good uh, value for your points, kind of similar to the Wycliffe, but a little bit more expensive for a little more cargo, so you have some more options to do with crew. And then the ability, it, it is nice. Um, oftentimes a ship will have pretty much the same ranks, but in terms of um, sometimes you'll be facing a ship with that has like a really good cannon in the middle, but other than that, the ability is not too exciting. At the same time, strategic mass elimination does sometimes make people uh, play in a way they weren't hoping to. Mm-hmm. It yeah. can put them on the back foot sometimes, and some on some ships where some guns are better than others, it may be useful, but <sighs> situational, I guess we can say. Yeah. All right, Admiral Morgan. Um, this is five points, and on a fiver ship, uh, an extra action. Not same action twice. Your so, thoughts? Uh, it's one of the best abilities in the game, uh, just like the SAT. I call this one EA for extra action uh, to shorten mm-hmm. it, kind of like the SAT, same action twice. Um, yep. Similar to the other one, this one should have costed more. This one's a little bit more appropriate cost. Um, it's just a great ability. You can use it on gunships or gold runners or hybrids. It's really versatile, and uh, it's just an ability I've used a ton, and I like Morgan a lot. So, and it's cool how they connected uh, connected it to history too, which is nice. Mm-hmm. All right. Next, we have Sir Christopher Mings, who is uh, an SAT for the English, and he has a link to Mings Marauders. Um, we've already gone over three point SAT with Calico Cat, so I'm going to talk about Mings Marauders here. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is three point ability. Other ships do not block this ship's line of fire. How do you think? How do you feel about that as a crew and as a linked crew to Mings? Um, I don't care about the link at all because I don't. I don't think it really matters. But um, I yeah. think. The ability is decent on a crew because you can at least pick where you use it. Like with the Revenant, um, you have a bunch of S-range guns, so it's not as good um, as it is with L-range guns. But with Ming's Marauders, you could put it on a ship like uh, like HMS Victoria, which I know has all uh, L-range cannons. And then you can mm-hmm. get uh, that ability to work on more of the cannons. Because S-range is pretty tough. You have to be like really lined up perfectly to use this ability to shoot through another ship. With L-range guns, it becomes more more of a factor so it's pretty it's a good ability for a crew to have i just don't really seek it out because outside of like specific situations it's tough to tough to use it maybe in like a really crowded battlefield with like some big ship like protecting the other ship or something something like that but other than that Mm. it's, it's a pretty specific ability to try to use yep i agree it's it doesn't seem like one i think i'd ever find myself using yeah all right, Carbon Charlie, when the ship is docked at your home island, you may eliminate one treasure. It becomes a 3S cannon that can be eliminated only when the ship sinks. It's yeah. three points, and it's got a link, which we'll talk about next, I guess. Mm-hmm. I have never used this ability, but I have been intrigued by it. Have you seen it used? Uh, yeah, I was I was starting to laugh because it, it's, it's, uh, it's really not that good, but it becomes way more viable 
in uh, campaign games where gold is spent uh, as the game goes along. And this mm. is one of uh, Xerix's favorite abilities. He's a member of the miniature trading forum, if anybody doesn't know. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's not one of my favorites, but it does become uh, pretty crazy in campaign games because you can just leave a ship docked at your home island and just eliminate ones for like turns, at turn after turn after turn. And uh, there's specific ships that's good to use it on, like HMS Dreadnought, uh, which has uh, the ability that the ship's cannons can't be eliminated unless she sinks. So then if you add more cannons to the ship with this ability, you can really make her uh, worth the huge 26 point cost, which is pretty much impossible to make her worth using in a smaller game. Um, so in uh, Vassal Campaign Game 1, I actually used this ability for 10 straight turns on the Dreadnought. So I gave the Dreadnought 10 extra cannons. So then I had uh, the Dreadnought had like 15 cannons. So then I sent her into battle against the Cursed. And then, uh, so I basically, on Vassal, you just click the button to roll the die. So I just like clicked it like wicked fast, like a ton of times. Like everything I, I was like shooting at like sunk pretty much. So it's pretty fun in that case. But the reason I say it's not good in regular games is because you have to eliminate treasure, which is the way you win the game. So it's almost... It's like kind of like the opposite of what your goal is in regular games. So it's only good in like, I mean, it can be good, but you have to get, uh, it's super situational in small games. If you have like a one and for some reason you need some extra firepower, it could work, but it's usually not worth spending points on. And then you can actually eliminate unique treasures too, because it just says one treasure in general. So you could eliminate yeah. like monkey's paw or like a, a negative UT like that and turn it into a cannon, which is nice. That's really strange. Yeah. I, I didn't actually know that you could uh, use this ability to get multiple guns. I thought it was just the one and that it was kind of maybe a not-so-great alternative to a musketeer. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but but it seems like uh, – I'm guessing you've asked Wolf about that to make sure that was legal. So, yeah, yeah, it's um, absolutely legal. Yeah. A thought I've just had is – is it possible to combine that with something like extended range? Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure because it just becomes a generic uh, 3S cannon. So I think it becomes like a cannon. It's not really attached to the crew. Like it become once it becomes a cannon, you can dump Charlie or put him on a different ship, and then you still have a cannon on the ship. You don't need the ability to keep functioning. It becomes like part I, of the ship. Uh, yeah, I guess it, it really. It would really only work for ships, so you'd have to find a way to get an extended range or, you know, a range doubler sniper keyword yeah. onto a ship to make good use of it. But, uh, yeah, so you can't put it on a flotilla because it says when a ship is docked yeah. and you can't dock a flotilla. Yeah, that's, um, a good, that's a good idea for a combo, though. I like that. Yeah, I just wrote that down. I want to do something with it. Yeah. Um, but Powder Pete, uh, where is Powder Pete in here? Oh, there he is. Um, is the linked crew for Carbon Charlie uh, plus one to gold uh, when she knocks your home island? It seems like something used for the opposite of what Carbon Charlie would be used for. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a good ability. Just like uh, Gallows, only plus one versus plus two, but it's still a great ability. I think you yeah. can essentially combine them, but. You can, yeah. Yeah, but it's. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I haven't yeah. really actually used the link at all. At least as far as I remember. Yeah, that link I don't think is ever going to be used. Those crew are not meant for the same. I mean, I think it's, I think it's viable, thing. actually, because you get you get a plus one, because then you're not giving up gold that you get in the regular game. So you're just you're creating cannons with, like, free gold that you're creating, uh, like, externally, and then you're turning those into cannons. So I think it's 
I think it's a viable link. I think it's just tough to pull off in uh, small games. Just like like any game with Carbon Charlie, it's going to be tough to pull off in a smaller game. So that's just given me a really evil idea. Actually, <laughs> uh, use uh, something like that. Uh, yeah, use the plus one and the plus two uh, crew on a treasure runner, but fill the islands with zero value coins. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think I thought of that. Because then you could, yeah, your opponent wouldn't have anything, and then but you still get a profit on the bonus. I think I was talking about that with uh, Xerox uh, recently on Bastl, actually. Yeah, um, maybe combine that with like the uh, island spying abilities too, so you can go for the ones which do have real value gold first. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think the zero value coins are actually pretty stinking rare. Yeah, they are tough to get. Yeah, they were like uh, fire and steel promos or something, right? Yeah, most of them are. Um, the fire and steel LEs have um, have like two per treasure card, along with like some other regular yeah. gold. But then um, the cargo master from Savage Shores is the reason I have um, two of my four. So. Oh yeah, I should check that out and see if because uh, I've got a couple cargo masters around. Yeah. I should see uh, if I can dig up the card and poke the zeros out. Yeah, exactly. So I'd love to use those. Oh, they're so, so horrible. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Thomas Gunn, the Elder. Uh, 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 faction bonus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not even going to talk point. about that. Yeah. Uh, one point expensive. is sometimes too expensive, if you ask me. Uh, I don't think so. I think I think it's okay. I mean, the Spanish are like pretty much the second best faction, so I think it's... Again, it's just a case of, like, if you think your opponent's going to be using them or if you can bring it in with, like, a 0 LR plus 5. But other than that, not worth spending points on. But we can talk about the link now, which is to... Uh, uh, Thomas Scott the younger. younger. Yeah. So he links, but he's far better. He gives the captain ability along with the uh, ability to eliminate a crew on a successful hit once per turn. So that makes mm-hmm. him a really good uh, named captain. Um, not as good as uh, his other versions from later sets but pretty much every version of thomas gunn uh the younger is a is a great crew to use good ability on a captain it's just a it's just good you're not going to use the link in all probability though no all right governor lynch um (laughs) uh, do we have to keep doing these faction bonuses (laughs) i'm just going to skip straight to lynch's noose uh Lynch's noose, um, another uh, two point plus one of boarding rolls. That's not so bad. Yeah. Uh, at least in my book. Yeah. Um, Countess Diana Dune, who I need to write the entry on for the uh, story wiki, but um, mm-hmm. this is another one of those uh, point cost reducers for two points. Uh, Brother Virgil is the link. Where is Brother <laughs> Virgil? Oh, Brother Virgil, I think, is a really interesting crew. Yeah, he's great. Because I think he's the only British crew to get the... Uh, uh, sorry, English crew to get the ability where any nationality can use their abilities on ship. Yeah, exactly. It's really good. Yeah. Um He's best used for, like, really crazy setups. Like, I used him to get yeah. uh, Davy Jones on the Prince of Chichester, and then you can put yeah. him on the Dreadnought, which is a 26-point <laughs> ship, so then you still have 23 points to use with other nationality crew. And then the other one I would think of is maybe um, the Shui Jian, which is a 10-master from Seven yeah. Shores. So you get, like, kind of like a, like a double faction thing going on where basically it's a merc- mercenary 10-master, but... 
it says English ships, uh, English crew can use their abilities on the ship, and then you put Virgil on, and then uh, any national abilities. So that's a good way to get like cursed crew on a ten master like that, or or not necessarily cursed, but they have a lot of expensive, crazy crew that are good for ten masters. Yeah, yeah. Brother Virgil is a much better crew than you would uh, than then his simple ability text would belie. Yeah. And I'd argue that because of the super high value of crew that you'll probably use with him, his link to Diana Dune may actually be of use. Oh, that's a good point. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, let's see. After Diana Dune, uh, we already did Marauders, blah, 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 blah. I think we... Okay, we've that's done it. all the British. Uh, yeah. Before we start the Spanish, i got to get my power cord real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so give me just a minute. time for you to talk about El Acorazado. Yeah, uh, this is uh, El Acorazado, uh, pretty much the best gunship in the game. Uh, two hits from the same shoot action are required to eliminate one of the ship's masts, so the, pretty much the best defensive ability in the game, or the second best. Uh, 21 points, so really expensive, but totally worth it. Uh, in most games, not necessarily 40-point games, because she's slow, uh, only s base move, uh, five cargo spaces, so enough room to pull out a great crew aboard. And then the cannons are good, 2S, uh, 3 3Ls in the middle, and then a 2S on the end as well. Um, I've used this ship a ton. Um, I've used her specifically against the other best gunships in the game, um, like the Titan, the Endeavor, Ten Masters, things like that. And along with HMS Endeavor and uh, the Constitution from Revolution, which has the same ability as the Acorazado, those three ships are basically the best like uh, gunships in the game like overall. There's faster ones, there's better ones um, to use in, like, standard 40-point games. But overall, Corazado doesn't really have, um, like, really any equals other than the Constitution, the Endeavor, which are pretty similar ships overall. Um, Like I said, uh, best in bigger games and also in, like, death matches, she's just a beast and pretty much is the best. Mm-hmm. Corazado is uh, kind of evidence toward the idea that I have that... In spite of the fact that Spain had less presence in a lot of the later sets, mm-hmm. um, they did nevertheless get basically the best of almost everything. Yeah, they have some of the best uh, two, three, and four masters. Um, they would have gotten a ten master if Return to Savage Shores had come out. They have, you know, they've got flotillas. They've got excellent named crew. Yep. Uh, they were one of the only factions to get a cargo master. Mm-hmm. In spite of the fact that they didn't get as much love in later sets, they are probably still at least one of the best factions, if not yeah. the... Yeah, I'd say they're generally the second best after only the Pirates. Uh, the French are balanced, but not usually not quite as good and don't have as many great crew options. And obviously the English have some uh, a little bit of a gold-running uh, issue. So yeah, the Spanish are generally the second best. And can mm-hmm. often they can often go toe-to-toe with the Pirates, though, in terms of uh, effectiveness. And that's kind of proved by some of my campaign games, too. So, Yeah, Alicorzado, long story short, is an excellent ship that is always worth trying to get your hands on. Mm-hmm. I need one, so somebody trade me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Santa Teresa, or Saint something. 
<laughs> That's embarrassing. Um, with two links that I guess we'll try to remember to talk about later. Nine points for a one-masted ship, um, SL move, two S gun, one cargo space. L range cannons cannot hit this ship. I want to say a good ship with a good ability that's just still far too expensive. Yeah, absolutely. A lot like the snipe that we talked about earlier, actually, the pirate sloop. Um, mm-hmm. And similar to that one, it's a good ship for towing a flotilla, but it's too expensive um, to use very often because you could get so many other good things for those nine points. Yep. Like uh, we've seen so many good nine point ships in this set alone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. El Garante. This ship gets plus one to her cannon rolls for every friendly ship within S of her. I think that ability is terribly overpriced, and I think mm-hmm. it shows itself because this ship is twenty one points. Yeah. I think it's and honestly I think it's tough to use. Um and it's generally overpriced. I think there's a few things you can do uh to really um emphasize the ability. Um and the other thing is uh the cannons are already ranked three, so um you can only get the bonus a couple times before it, they become like rank one. So you only need two ships uh, with an S, which is kind of nice. Um, Wolf, actually, I got the idea from him of using this ship with native canoes because the Spanish have a good set of native canoes. And then the mm. Grante is plenty expensive enough to put a chieftain aboard and then still have plenty of uh, point cap space left for crew. So then you could have like a couple of canoes tag along and give her the bonus on the ability. That's a really good point. I hadn't thought of that. Um, so basically, you can get yourself a ship with all one rank guns for the price of the native canoes. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I never thought about that. It's a good point. And I'm sure that's applicable to some other ships that have similar abilities. Yep. Although Garante, one... may be the, uh, Garante may be the best example of that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one weird thing you can do... Um, flotillas are considered ships for the purposes of abilities, so you could actually oh. hook up a flotilla at the back, but the, oh. the biggest problem there is it's going to be really slow, it's only a moving hell, but, but mm-hmm. you would have, uh, like nine cannons, and then the five, the first five would be enhanced to rank two in this case. Yeah. Alright. Um, yeah, good points there on that ship, because I, until now, had thought of her as kind of... Uh, La Repulsa, uh, this ship gets plus one to her cannon rolls, same ability, yeah. um, but instead of being 21 points, she's one mast and she's 14 points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll talk about this ship because she's special to me, um, along with the Asesino de la Nave, which we'll talk about soon. This was the, these Those two, along with the Muerta and the Batavian Bat, those were my first four ships. So La Repulsa is actually special to me. She was my first rare ship, my first one master. Um, and there's a slight chance she was like the first ship I ever built. Maybe, probably not, but maybe. And uh, she's not very good, but I didn't realize that for a long time. So I've actually liked this ship a lot. And of course, in hindsight, I realized she's terrible. She's pro- you pretty much one of the worst one masters in the game. Um, the ability is just terrible on a small ship, and it doesn't really make any sense. It should be like like seven points or six, maybe. I know the ability is like super expensive, but it's just not good at all. Yeah, six points sounds right for this ship, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, that reminds me. I want there to be a fleet challenge sometime where we're only able to make uh, make a fleet out of uh, either generic 
uh, okay, here's the idea. Mm-hmm. A fleet has to be constructed from pieces that have no reviews on the site with a score higher than six mm-hmm. out of ten. So you have to make a bad ship fleet. Oh yeah, and a bad a bad name. You can use generic crew though. Mm-hmm. That's an idea I have, but I won't get to do it unless I win a fleet challenge. And yeah, I haven't done that yet. Yeah, there was something similar called the. It was different rules, but there was. I think it was called the garbage fleet challenge. And I yeah. it's in the the thread, the archive thread or whatever. If you want to see it, but and that, yeah, uh, better run somewhere. And then the Hoya del Sol is the next ship. This one is one of the best uh, ships in the game, really. Um, 12 mm-hmm. points, but 8 cargo spaces, a lot like the Dark Hawk to second. And uh, SS move, the cannons are not great, but they're okay for a gold runner, basically is what the ship is for the most part. Um, she gets plus 1 to revolving rolls, so a nice uh, ability that would be kind of defensive in this case. So she's durable, and she gets plus 1 to boarding rolls in case the ship's attacks her. So this is one of the most one of the biggest cargo holds in the whole game. So a really great ship for getting gold, and with the with the durability and uh, the plus one boarding rolls to help defend that gold. Yeah, this is an excellent, excellent ship. Um, in some ways, better than the Dark Hawk too, because this ship does have the ability to do things that the Dark Hawk can't. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why she's two points more expensive, despite having. Uh, worse guns is the fact that she does have a couple linked crew, which again later we'll no, check out. No, it's because of the ability, not because the the links well, are not well, uh, yeah. specific to the ship. They're generic yeah. links to all Spanish ships. Okay, um, but the point, nevertheless, is she's more expensive because she's faster and she has an ability that I think is actually pretty good. Because I can think of uh, two pretty solid setups for La Jolla. Uh, one is Dominic Freda from Rise of the Fiends, who is a combination explorer and hold space booster. Yep. Uh, at, do that in a helmsman, and you've got a large, durable treasure runner that's moving 3S, has an explorer and eight cargo spaces. Yep. Which is, that's excellent, really. Yeah. And uh, the other one being something like a helmsman and a re-roller and turn her into a boarding interceptor, harass the living just harass the living hell out of uh, treasure runners with that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good uh, good idea too. One thing I've done with the ship um, is use uh, Castro, which we'll talk about soon. He gives the SAT ability for three points, and then um, Castro, and then uh, Vaccaro, the zero LR reroller from uh, from Barbary Coast, and then so then you can get SAT with reroll for just one cargo space and only three points. And then add like a helmsman probably and maybe even an explorer too. And then you still have plenty of cargo left to get gold. And then you have a, a big gold runner moving up to 6S in one turn, which is pretty nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, El Tirador. El... Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was having trouble. Um, once per turn when this ship hits an enemy ship, eliminate one crew from that ship. Good ability. Uh, average guns average space and move yeah but a slightly below average cost yeah i think it's a pretty decent ship pretty much like dirt cheap uh solid firepower Mm -hmm. i'm not sure i'd pick her over uh an equivalent english ship though no not really yeah not a terrible option pull her from the pack and usable but Mm -hmm. yeah not a first choice Mm -hmm. okay la aguila 
Lagila. Okay, I'm going to stop trying to make a joke. Um, Faction ability time. When touching a pirate ship, this may load as much of that ship's treasure she can carry. Again, if you knew you were up against a pirate player, sure, because that's just kind of a lame ability on a ship that's otherwise just barely above average. Good hold space, good armament, but kind of an average point cost in move speed. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. The ability doesn't really help because it's just really, it's even more specific than plus one to cannon rolls against a faction because it's mm-hmm. even, because it's just, it's even more specific in nature. Um, but I think it's a pretty good ship um, for what you get because it's a decent hybrid. Mm-hmm. You have good enough, enough cannons and enough cargo spaces to make it into a, a good multi-purpose ship. Mm-hmm. Although at the same time, she's just, you know, she's just not special enough to, oh, and she's not fast enough to really make use of that ability either. Yeah, true. Yeah, the ability mm-hmm. is kind of like an afterthought. That's mm-hmm. why I like to, f- to focus on a ship's like stats and things like that, because oh, without the ability, if you just ignore the ability, it's a pretty good ship. It's just a waste of like mm-hmm. a one or two point ability. So, Yep. That's true. All right, so what are your thoughts on Cazador del Pirata? Uh, this is one of my favorites, actually. Um, I use her a decent amount. Um, I love, like I said earlier, I love ships with large cargo holds. This one has six, uh, 11 points, L move. All the cannons are 3L for a 3 master. And it gets plus one against the pirates, which is, again, we don't, we're not loving those abilities. But at the same time, the pirates are the best faction in the game, and they're the most, uh, they have the most ships and crew in the game. So at least you'll be more likely to see them than any other faction for the most part. Um, but beyond that, though, I think it's a really good hybrid, kind of like some a lot of the other ships in this set. I would usually put, like, uh, you could put some named crew aboard, but even just the basic, like, Captain Helmsman Explorer setup gives you a good gunship moving LS with three cargo spaces open that's good against pirates and has nice uh, long-range firepower. So I love this ship, personally. Mm-hmm. If you look at this ship independent of the uh, ability, then... You're still at 11 points with great cargo space, yep. uh, good armament, and an average move. Yep. It's it's a worthwhile ship, even if uh, even if the ability bothers you as much as it does me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next okay. one, uh, this is the original version of La Resolucion. Uh, this one is good. It's not as notable as the OE version, but it's actually really underrated as a result kind of like how the dark hog overshadows the pandora in a way um once per turn the ship may randomly take one treasure from any ship she touches so a decent ability but like i said i don't like to get too hung up on that the stats are good 12 points for cargo l move the guns are quite good 2s 3l 3l 2s so quite a good gunship um with just enough cargo space to maybe utilize that ability or grab some gold from an island so not really a hybrid but a a very solid uh, option to use for the Spanish. Mm-hmm. Not like super excellent, but still worth using at least once or twice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Asesino de la Nave. Uh, when this ship hits an enemy ship, eliminate one cargo. Um, trio of two S guns. Average move, 12 points, four cargo. Um, Good ability. I'm going to say that in comparison to some later sets, it may be a tad let down by the fact that it only moves L. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, it's it's almost there. It's almost great. Yeah, 
I think it's, yeah, it's quite good. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely one of the best, like, offensive abilities in the game um, to eliminate cargo with every hit. Because unlike the other ability, um, instead of once per turn to eliminate a crew, this is on every hit you can eliminate cargo, which is crew or treasure. So it's a really great ability. Oh, wait, you're right. Um, yeah, yeah, it's you're really right. I thought ability. this was a once per turn type of thing. Yeah, no. And then the, combine it with the 2S cannons, and it's a really... It's pretty brutal ship to use against your opponent. Actually, you know what that makes me think? Can you stack this ability and the once per turn yeah. so the first hit destroys two? Yeah, you could. Uh, uh, yeah, two crew if you wanted to pick that, yeah. Yeah, okay. And the cargo, does that refer to both crew and treasure or just crew? Yeah, yeah. and equipment, anything, yeah. Okay, okay. That's good to know, because I meant to ask that at some point in the rules thread, but it kind of went over my head. Yeah, now that you've uh, pointed out to me that this is not the once per turn, I can see this being really scary to go up against if you've got a heavily crewed ship. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's yeah, cause, good. Yeah, with that ability and, you know, this one, just taking two hits and you could lose three crew, it's... Mm -hmm. That's pretty intense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the right. next one, Lafuria. This one uh, eliminates two masters with one hit. It's only a two master, though. Uh, 12 points, three cargo. I'll move. Uh, both cannons are 3S. Uh, this is a good example of a ship that uh, disability should really only appear on bigger ships because without the ability, the ship would probably be like five or six points. But then with the ability, it's 12, which makes it almost uh, unusable because the cannons are just not that great, and there's far better options. You could get the Assassino for the same price in a much better ship. So, mm -hmm. I think I think it's just a case where the ship itself is too expensive. I could see this being viable, uh, this ability being viable, if this ship was 7 or 8 points. But the ability is what makes it 12, though. That's the problem. Yeah, I know. Um because, you know, I'm just kind of trying to compare it to some of the better two-masted ships out there, like Executioner from Revolution. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, this is very much gunship only. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough it's, I want to say it's a seven or eight-point ship in a 12-point gown. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, El Duque? Duque? Duke, yeah. Duque? I think so. Okay. Um... This one is... Okay, I'll describe it. 11 points, um, 4 cargo, 2S move, a 3L and 2 4S guns, so nothing special. Uh, if this ship has a captain, she gets plus 1 to her cannon rolls. I'm not a big fan. <laughs> yeah. I, I've it's seen... almost a multi-purpose ship, but not yeah. quite. I've seen people defend this ship uh, online on the forums, and people talk, I don't know, people like this ability way too much. I don't, like, there's a big difference, um, or there's not a big difference between getting, like, this ability versus, like, if you got a ship that just had better guns in the first place, which usually might mm -hmm. cost less or the same amount. So, yeah. with the captain ability, it's 3S, 2L, 3S guns, which still aren't that great. So I'd much rather have a lot of other ships first before this one. I just think mm -hmm. I think this ability makes people think it's like a great gunship, or that's what I've seen in the past for this one specifically, and it just doesn't really hold all that true. It's still not like a great ship, even if you put a captain aboard. Yeah, it's it's a good ability wasted on a ship that's otherwise just not quite there. Yeah. 
right. Uh, the um, next one, Piscatos de Plata. This one is pretty cool, actually. Um, once per turn, the ship may move S after unloading cargo. It's a two master, eight points, three cargo, S plus S move, two S, two S cannons. Um, so good, good little firepower. Um, it's a, I don't know, it's kind of hard to know what to do with her because the guns are so accurate that you might want to put Captain aboard, but she's also a decent cargo ship. Um, there's a nice combo. Uh, once again, I'll mention Wolf because he's the one that uh, mentioned it on the forum a while back. You can pair it up with Master Bianco and then uh, Bianco's Haulers, which are two linked crew that we'll talk about soon. And then you can have a pretty nice little combo where you can move S after unloading cargo and then and then unload cargo at your home island if she's with an S of it. So you can kind of save S plus S on each trip along with having um, four cargo spaces in that case. Yeah, I I have trouble praising this ship in particular because um, at its point cost, it's just ever so similar to uh, the ship I mentioned earlier, Executioner, the two-mast ship from Revolution. Yeah. Only um, this ship has, I think, less gun range. I think Executioner is 2L. Yeah. Uh, same move. This has less cargo space and I think overall a less useful ability. Yeah. I agree. I just think it's kind of a nice, like, like kind of like a mini hybrid sort of. Not not a great ship, but it, mm -hmm. it can it can be decent at getting gold or being like a support gun ship. Yeah, um, it's just uh, almost. Uh -huh. It's almost there to being a good ship. Yeah, I think it's good. Uh, I just don't think it's great. Mm -hmm. All right, El Corazon del Mar. If derelict, this ship gets a base move of S. So okay, it's. Basically, a ship with the oarsmen built into it. Eight points, three cargo space, L move, pair of two S guns, and a four L in the middle. Yeah, <laughs> I actually kind of like this ship for like cheap firepower because yeah. it's not it's not great at all, but it's not it's really not too bad because you have two quite good guns, and then the other one's not good, but it, uh, you still have a thirty three percent chance of hitting and it's L range, which is nice. Um, so not mm -hmm. a, nothing special, but once again, decent cheap firepower. Yeah, I'm going to say that we could maybe compare this to a Piscados uh, in that they have the same firepower and hold space and cost, but this one has what is probably a more useful uh, ability overall. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, it also has an extra mass that you can kind of use as a shield for your better guns. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can almost see this being more viable than Piscados. Yeah, I could see that, too. Yeah, I, I, the Pescados is usually better with gold, and then the Corzon is probably better as a support gunship. Yep, probably. Okay, El Picador. This one, uh, uh, five points, two cargo spaces, SS move, um, three S cannons, two masts, uh, no ability, kind of like the HMS Dober. And once again, um, it kind of helps the ship because she's not spending points on an ability she doesn't really need or want. So it's it's a good dirt cheap option for the Spanish. It's really overshadowed by um, some of their ships from other sets, um, so it doesn't really stand the test of time as well as the Dover. Um, pretty much average. Not not really much to say other than that. Yeah, just super average. I think there are much better ways to spend five points though. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Okay, El Leon. I like this one a lot. It's actually, you'll notice, it's pretty much the same ship mm -hmm. as HMS Wycliffe. So good cannons, ramming can eliminate the ship's mass, nine points, three cargo, L move. It's pretty much the Spanish version of the Wycliffe. Um, once again, I think it's very good, cheap firepower with a nice defensive ability, but not much else. 
Yeah, that's that's basically all it is. It's got good guns, it's cheap, and it's got a reasonably good ability. Yeah. Everything else is just kind of average. Yeah. Yep. Okay, uh, now we're getting into Spanish crew. Hmm. Capitan Alarico Castro. Um, he is the only, I think, Spanish crew to get SAT. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and uh, as a result, I think I've... Yeah, I think I used him in a... Well, I sort of used him in a recent fleet. After adjusting it to make it legal, I need to rewrite it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Capitan Alarico Castro is linked to Castro's loyalists, which if I can find... Uh, okay, there they are. Uh, Castro's loyalists. This ship gets plus one to her boarding rolls. Uh, between the two, both those abilities for five points because they're linked. Yeah. In one cargo space. Not bad. Yeah. Good for an interceptor type of thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, next, we have uh, Comandante Luis de Alva. Uh, this one plus one, against, plus one against cannon rolls against English ships uh, for three points. Should have been two points. Um, not really a crew worth using for the most part. So we'll mm-hmm. move on. Master Gunner Rogelio Vasquez. This one is pretty unique. All the ship's cannons have L range. Uh, he costs five points. This is actually a pretty cool ability. Um, it's it's better on a crew than on a ship because um, you can put it on any uh, ship that has a lot of S range guns to make all of them L range to really try to maximize how much uh, extra range you get. So you mm-hmm. can use this um, on a Spanish uh, ship. Yeah, that's a good example. Yeah, the Asesino de la Nave has uh, all rank uh, two S, or two S guns, and then you can make them all two L with this guy for five points. So not a bad option. Mm-hmm. And he's linked to Joaquin Vega. Uh, this ship ignores the first hit she takes each turn as long as she has all of her masts. Yep. Um, that I've just thought would be good to put on El Corzado. Yeah, yeah, I pretty much always use this guy with uh, the Acorazado setup, which is my favorite setup. Because um, then it, you need to hit the ship three times yeah, to damage it. Yeah, first. exactly. It's pretty nasty. And uh, it's also unique because Vega is the only crew with this ability in the game. There's a, lot, a bunch of ships with it built in, but not many. I think he's the only crew with this ability, which is really unique. And kind of kind of exemplifies Spain's uh, advantage in named crew that they sometimes enjoy. Yeah, that actually, uh, that's made me want to, to assemble a uh, forum post for abilities that are native to one faction or two in particular. Yeah, yeah, that's a good Like idea. how only the Spanish and the American have access to cargo masters and only, you know, Spain has this. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I think we'd want to list all the most notable crew from each. Yeah. All right, Master Bianco. This guy's good. I've always liked him. Uh, he's easy to use. Three points. Ship gets plus one to your cargo spaces, and then the crew takes up no cargo space, so you basically get an extra cargo. Um, I kind of, I, I know people like this ability. I think it would have been better at two points. I think it's okay at three. I think two would have been a little better, but it's a good ability. Um, you could use it to add an extra crew to a gunship that's really expensive, or uh, add it to a gold runner to get more space for gold or whatever. So it's it's a nice versatile ability um, that's useful in a lot of different situations. Mm-hmm. I like this ability quite a lot. Um, I often will use it. Uh, I think the pirates have one just like this, yep. uh, Gentleman Joe card. I think there might. I think England got one in Barbary Coast as well. Yeah. Um, but I don't think France or America got it. Mm-hmm. But I, overall, a pretty good ability. He's linked to Bianca's haulers. Um, this ship may unload cargo at your home island if she's within S of it. 
I can see this being paired. Yeah, yeah, like I said, with that Pescado combo, or any other gold runner, really, like the Hoya, maybe. It's a pretty solid combo. And uh, overall, the haulers, I don't really use that ability a lot. Um, You can do a few things with it that are pretty unique. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a mercenary submarine called the Slipstream. Which yeah, that was of any nationality. literally came to yeah. my mind. Yeah, and uh, so it's a, and then so if you use the, this guy in the slipstream, it's a uh, a unique way to unload uh, cargo from a mercenary ship, which is nice. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's a submarine means that although it may not be super fast or carry a ton, it will be one of the safest ways to transport gold. Yeah. All right, Fernando Sanchez, a home island raider. At five points. Yeah, too expensive, I think. Um, the linked crew, Nemesio Diaz, um, is oh, a canceller okay. for five points. He's yep. linked. Um, I believe you have some good things to say about cancelers. Yeah, uh, they're just insanely good. Kind of like uh, Genny Gallows with the plus two goal ability. They win games sometimes on their own, in a way, and they're just so good. They're also underpriced. Um, I would pay I would pay a premium for them, like seven or eight points. Sometimes they're just that good. And uh, they're definitely extremely effective on pretty much any ship. Like on a, if you put it on a gold runner, you can cancel an enemy ship's captain when they come into range, and uh, you could save yourself. Or on a gunship, the same thing. Or you could shut down an ability like the Corazados to make her far easier to hit, things like that. So Diaz, um, he was the first canceler. Uh, the Spanish were the only ones to get one in this first set, Spanish main. But eventually the other factions... Uh, most of the other factions got at least one each, and uh, he's just a great crew, really. Mm-hmm. As far as using them together, I'm not totally sure that that's yeah. A I good think it's totally. I think it's totally pointless. Um, it doesn't make sense to use them together at all because you probably wouldn't use Fernando Sanchez on a gunship like Diaz, and then even if you mm-hmm. did Diaz, um, it just doesn't really make much sense. So once again, links are usually overrated. Mm-hmm. All right, Almirante Devante Del Nero. Uh, this ship gets a faction bonus, so I'm not even going to bother reading any more about it. Uh, oh um, we already did Castro's Loyalists, so that means um, let's see, is there further down? Uh, Gonzalo Mora, I think, is the next one we yeah. haven't done. Nice. When this ship hits another ship, you choose which mast is eliminated. Two points. Yeah, nothing too uh, special or interesting. Just kind of a nice little option to have if you have points and don't need like oarsmen or a helmsman or whatever or equipment you might want to get this or maybe maybe with a zero lr plus five you could bring him in if you see an opponent's ship that has like a two out cannon and a bunch of other bad ones or something you know not a not a bad option just a nice nice, nice little crew that exists mm-hmm. or as an alternative also for two points comandante antonio de silva yeah. once per turn when this ship hits an enemy ship eliminate one crew from that ship yeah yeah, really great uh, option as well. Even better, mm-hmm. definitely. Assassino, as we were saying. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, this is one of those crew that would pair well with it. Um, now for page two. Um, okay, now we're going to start talking about the few unique treasures that are in uh, Spanish Main. Yep. Um, I'll let you uh, open up with shipping charts. Yeah, uh, once per turn, the ship may look at one face-down cargo on any ship. So a spying ability, just like uh, the Lucky the Parrot and uh, the Raven's Neck, it's a nice ability to have. And then to get it for free on a UT is pretty good. I'm actually going to um, go to the next one as well. Marksman's map is similar. Once per turn, mm-hmm. the ship may look at one face-down cargo on any island. 
So then, yep. um, depending on what you're looking for, you could maybe get both of them to really check things out and find like UT combos or like a seven coin, things like that. So they are yeah. decent. They usually won't dramatically affect the game, but decent UTs overall. Yeah, that makes me think I should maybe consider adding shipping charts to that recent pirate fleet that I did, because that would uh, potentially uh, make it even better. Um, forged papers. Uh, this ship gains the explorer special ability. I don't. Really, uh, I don't like this one actually. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's not like great, great, yeah. but if you found it. Uh, on your first time exploring an island yeah. on a ship that didn't have an explorer, exactly. it's pretty good because it doesn't take up any space. Yeah, it's nice, but like the problem I've had with it is like every time I find it, it's with a ship that has an explorer, so it's incredibly like annoying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I think it's probably just a little bit forgettable. Yeah, um, homemade flag. Yeah, this one all says uh, all cannon ranges are reduced to S when attacking this ship. Uh, this one is pretty cool as like a defensive uh, ability to pick up. Um, I'm not a huge fan of it, um, but it's it's good, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I can think of more interesting, more potent defensive UTs. Yeah. A lot of those appeared in Mysterious Islands. Um, rum. Uh, you basically lose an action, and then it's worth gold. Uh, so it's worth six minus the number of crew you have aboard a ship. So odds are pretty good that it'll be worth anywhere between three and six. Yeah. But you lose an you do lose uh, one turn with that ship. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting one. I don't really like it a lot because um, that lost action can hurt you. Uh, one thing that people used to do. Back in the day, this is something I learned from Wolf as well. It's called, like, the rum bomb, where basically you get, like, a small ship with rum aboard, and then you intentionally ram, like, an, an enemy gunship, and then that you let them win the boarding party, and then they take the rum, and then they can't move on their next turn, which is cool. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, so it's pretty sweet. Although, um, can you transfer unique treasures between ships like that? Yeah, in a boarding party, like like ideally, you would have um, the small ship would only have rum aboard, and it wouldn't have any other um, like treasure crew or whatever. So then they have to take the rum. Huh. I I didn't know you had to take something if uh, if you were the boarding party. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um. Okay. Next one is plague, and I see this one as being kind of useful for. Uh, uh, Maybe kind of useful if you had a sort of suicide torpedo ship, if you found yeah. this and then just rushed the most crewed up gunship that they have. Yeah. Yeah. Plague is just absolutely devastating. It's still one of the most like powerful and like impactful uh, UTs in the game. It says all oh, uh, crew on the ship are removed. Uh, when the ship touches any other ship, pass this treasure to that ship and the crew on that ship are now removed. And uh, while in possession of the scurvy treasure, the ship cannot dock. So this is one yeah. of the most devastating UTs in the whole game. It can totally turn a game on its head, because then like a ship will find it, and then it, and it'll try to pass it off to the enemy, and then you'll keep passing it back and forth. It's just it's crazy. In theory, too, uh, you, uh, I I said you could charge a gunship, but the uh, the uh, thing that prevents them from docking mm-hmm. makes it also good against um, a gold runner. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, yeah it's just and, whenever plague appears in a game, it's pretty much guaranteed to like cause chaos. Pretty much, it's crazy. Yeah, um, it sort of reminds me of Albatross from South China Seas, but we'll get to that in a few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> um, now we're just down to I think we've got like a couple promo items that I'll want to see if we can find on here and talk about. Yeah. But also, um, let's talk about the generic crew and if we think they should have been at all different. Yeah. Um, starting with the captain. I think uh, this has been talked about before, too. I think uh, they could have costed generic crew a bit differently based on other abilities and other generic crew abilities. Because uh, the captain ex- uh, and helmsman abor- abilities are still the best two in the game, pretty much. Um, mm-hmm. And the thing is, though, even if they were more expensive, you would still pay for them because they're still worth it. So, like, I could see mm-hmm. captain at five and maybe helmsman at four. Or six and four, or something like that. But they'd still use. Or even four and three. Yeah. Yeah, they're so good that everybody uses them. But we're also at a point where I don't really care to say that. Oh, they need to be more expensive because they're just sort of so integrated into the game now that everybody's sort of used to them. Yeah. No, I don't think they should be more expensive. I'm just saying, like, if if it was from the start uh, compared to other abilities, it would be more uh, useful if they were. Uh, price higher. It would make more sense anyway. Yeah. Um, so they they would also good. have a sort of cascade effect on making a ton of other crew much more expensive, though. Like a lot of the named captains. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. yep. Um, Cannoneer. This I one, think... I like this one better than Musketeer because it's cheaper and gives a similar effect. Mm-hmm. Sometimes even better on ships that have rank 2 guns. Yep. Um, maybe... I almost want to say that it maybe sh- could have been a one-point crew and that Musketeer could have maybe been cheaper, but that might throw off the balance. Yeah, possibly. Um, yeah, actually, I do want to say the Cannoneer would be a good one-pointer because you can get, for three points, a re-roller, which has this ability plus more utility. Yeah, yeah, it's far more versatile. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, a Cannoneer is just it's not quite as usable as it could be. Mm-hmm. Um, Helmsman, we've just talked about. Excellent yep. ability, maybe a little bit cheap, but yep. we're not going to ask for it to be changed. Oarsman. Huh. This one, I like this one a lot, actually. I think it's a little underrated. Um, and the new the new updated ruling with the Oarsman uh, keyword is part of the reason for that. Because, uh, well, I say new, it's not really new anymore. But basically now, uh, if you have an Oarsman uh, crew... Um, the ship is not derelict when she has no mass remaining, which means you can't make scuttle attempts, but it also means that enemy ships can't capture you right away, because mm-hmm. you have to eliminate the oarsmen first, which is a big deal. Oh, which means, I assume, you've basically got to board, uh, technically win a boarding party, and then yeah, kill the oarsmen? exactly. Okay. So. Okay, that's good to know, because I feel like that may have changed a game outcome or two in the past okay. for me. Yeah. Oh, well, I won't tell them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Musketeer. A bit overpriced, maybe? Yeah, I agree. I don't it's use a 3S the... gun. Yeah, I don't use them very much, that's for sure. It's not a great additional gun at a not-so-great price. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'd say a 2... I'd say a two point, yeah, two points is fair. I, I want to say, I think or at so. least, yeah. or at least make the musketeer linked to the ship. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. Too. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
da, 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 explorer. Yeah. I think, I think it's the right cost, yeah. but the fact that they take up one cargo space, mm-hmm. uh, which could be used for a helmsman on many gold runners yeah, instead, exactly. I find myself using explorers not all that often. Yeah, I agree. A helmsman is usually a better choice for a gold runner. Um, and sometimes an explorer will only be used once in a game too, which is kind of not a lot of usage to get out of it, versus a helmsman mm-hmm. is like every turn. Although at the same time it's one point, so if you get all the usage you need out of something that was only one point, then yeah, I'd rather you know. I'd still much rather have a helmsman because then you you spend only one more point and you get it a ton of times. You know what I mean? I agree with you. Um, yeah. I've I mean I've crunched the numbers a couple times. There are some ships where if you put a helmsman on as opposed to an explorer, you'll get back to your home island like two turns sooner. Yeah. Yeah, it's there's a reason why we both prefer helmsman. Yep. <laughs> and the shipwright at last. Yep. This one I've always found to be overrated by uh, new players. They seem to think they're mm-hmm. really good, but um, most games aren't long enough for them to be effective. And oftentimes, um, if your ship is getting hit or damaged or in battle, you're not really going to have the actions or the time to use a shipwright effectively. Um, and oftentimes, if you build a fort, you can make better usage of that. But... I would say in longer games or maybe in like a longer battle where a ship can like get out of the battle line and go repair off on her own, it might be useful. But I think I probably underrate it at this point because I think so many other people overrate it. So I, I think it's kind of kind of a weird like opposite effect. So it's something I'd like to use more, but it's it's a little it's not amazing, really. Yeah, um, it's really good on mercenary ships, which can't dock at their home island. Yep. Uh, but outside of that, uh, there is, for the most part, kind of limited use. Yeah, pretty much. Um, maybe if you get one onto a, uh, a sea creature, mm-hmm. you, uh, or at least a sea monster with, uh, uh, what's that called? Charity of the Gods? Maybe, mm-hmm. but I feel like a lot of people would rather have a captain anyway. Yeah. Yep. Um, now... I'm a, I've actually gone back to the original Spanish main set, and I'm looking at some of the promos. Yeah. Uh, which some of them differ from their normal set counterparts. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, not El Fantasma, not Ghost Crew, I don't think. Actually, I think Ghost Crew is more expensive. Is it? Oh, I don't know. Uh, Revenant, no, I think that's the same. Yeah. But um, I did notice that Asesino de la Nave, the yeah. promo version is not actually as good as the uh, unlimited yeah, set version. Yeah, it has the ability that you thought it originally had. Yeah, actually, I I think I know why, because I recently assembled oh, the, yeah. uh, the promo version. That makes sense. So I must have just kind of gotten used to the ability keyword being that. and yeah. the, um, Snipe, is that identical to the, uh, to yeah. the set version? Yeah, I think okay. the other ones are pretty much the same. Yeah. Although I think there were a couple in here that were only available through uh Yeah. Like Ghostly uh, Encounter. Yeah, Ghostly Encounter. Um there's also Scry the Explorer, but that just is an explorer. Yeah. Um the Bloody, Bloody Throne, Throne. She's not really a good ship at all for the most part. No, she's not. Yeah. She's not. Yeah. And then the uh, Reven- the Revenge is like the same pretty much, so nothing special. You're right. Uh, it's the same, and then it's just the busts down yeah. here, which I have never actually collected. Yeah, I don't have any of those yet either. Yeah, I don't really care. Although I don't know what an advantage trophy is. Yeah, Maybe that's for like winning a tournament. 
I, yeah, I think so, something like that. I think it's like the the best bust of all of them or whatever. Yeah, because it actually looks like it was painted. Yeah. Um, I'm having trouble finding the ghostly encounter. Do you want to read that off? Oh, yeah. Um, it was a UT up here. Um, it was right after the ghost ships in the way I sorted it. Um, once after revealing, roll a d6 for each crew on the ship. On a result of one, that crew is eliminated. Ghostly encounter is worth gold equal to the crew remaining on the ship after all dice are rolled. That's kind of interesting. Um, that's sort of a very high-risk scenario, though, because what yeah. if you had a ship that had a ton of crew on it? Mm-hmm. You'd stand a chance to lose. You know, I'm really kind of curious how you could abuse that. Yeah, yeah, it's tough to use. Maybe like uh, like a gold runner that doesn't have any crew aboard, like the Bone Marine has an explorer ability built in, something like that. Actually, I just had an idea. What if um, it's the Shui Jian that's um, the one that can take English crew, right? Yeah. Um, put somebody like Hermione Gold on there, you know, the uh, double die roller. Yeah. And then just flood the rest of the hold with oarsmen. Yeah. To the uh, to the ship's uh, point limit, not cargo limit, because oarsmen don't take up space. And then find ghostly encounter, and in theory, you can basically roll no ones. Huh. That's an interesting idea, actually. Uh, I never thought of uh, that. And then you've basically got yourself, I think, a 15 or 16 point uh, treasure in addition to whatever else was on the island. Huh. Yeah, I've that could be an interesting tactic. Yeah. Anyway, we're uh, we've basically run through all of Spanish Main now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that was good fun, and I hope everybody who's listening found that as much fun as we did. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to do this with Crimson Coast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so yeah. this was uh, episode four of the Pirate CSG podcast. Uh, next week, we might do some random topics, or we might just jump right into the Crimson Coast set review. So either way, thank you for listening, and we'll be at it back soon with another podcast.